Scream 6 brings the survivors of the requel to New York City for another round of scary phone calls and bloody murder. But let's be honest, if the filmmakers weren't complete cowards, they would have called this Ghostface Takes Manhattan. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and join me as always as Tim. Peace and love to all my followers out there. (laughs) Hope you're doing well. (laughs) (laughs) This is a horror movie podcast. We get together, Mm -hmm. we talk about a horror movie. And this is a slightly notable episode because Tim's actually Mm -hmm. on paternity leave still. But Mm -hmm. he's, he's parachuted in. From Parts Unknown for mm-hmm. a, a one-off episode right now, uh, and then he's going back to paternity leave. But mm-hmm. uh, he did get a chance to go and see Scream 6, which is what we're <laughs> going to talk about today. Uh, the film that should be called Ghostface Takes Manhattan, and they are cowards <laughs> for not using that title. But yes, welcome. Welcome. So, mm-hmm. uh, we'll get into it. We'll start spoiler-free, of course, like we always do. Although, it is worth mentioning that since it's a sequel, there's a good chance that even in the spoiler-free section will probably spoil something from the previous film, just because sure. that's all <laughs> knowledge for, for the start of the movie anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, but spoilers for uh, Scream 6 will be warned before we uh, go into them. So, yes. Mm-hmm. So, welcome. Welcome to the show. All right. So, uh... Set a year after Scream 5, and hmm. did Scream 5 come out last year? Was that last January? I believe it did, yeah. Damn. They yeah, because th- th- this was relatively quick uh, turnaround. This was quick turnaround, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... And it's not, uh, and I mean, if I'm, I, I could be wrong, but I believe it was a similar turnaround for the first and second movie as well. No, you're right, yeah, because it was 96, mm-hmm. then 97. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, so if we, if we follow that logic, it means uh, Stream 7 will be uh, <laughs> three years away, because for some reason Stream 3 took extra extra time. Uh, that's the one they took all the time with, so that, that quality film. <laughs> Excellent stuff. So, yeah, I mean, as far as premise goes, obviously, I can't really spoil too much. It's simple. Uh, the... The sisters, the Carpenter sisters, <laughs> Sam and Tara, <laughs> uh, are living in New York, as are the other survivors from Scream 5, uh, brother-sister duo of uh, Mindy and Chad. Uh, the the core four, you might say, <laughs> uh, are living in New York. Uh, most of them are going to college there. Everyone except uh, Sam, who's just kind of there living with her sister, basically. Mm-hmm. So, Ghostface... Or a ghost face, I should say. It's not like ghost face is one person this whole time. Uh, starts terrorizing and killing people, uh, and there you have it. That's the that's the premise. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I mean, what else do you say for a scream sequel at this point? <laughs> Especially since this one's whole selling point really is oh, they're in New York now. So it's a new setting. It's fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll do something fun with the the location, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll get to it. So, uh yeah, I suppose there's not really much to say uh, before I just ask the question. Uh, Tim? <laughs> so did you forget how to do this? You seem very out of whack. <laughs> <laughs> I just woke up from a nap, all right? Give me, give me a piece of I'm, I'm, I'm readjusting myself here. Uh, uh, you're ha- tired, I'm sick. This is going to be great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but we've not recorded that episode in like two months. So, you know, we're, we're raring to go. It's, it's uh, <laughs> You know, the, the, the juices are flowing... 
You've been watching too much sci-fi crap with, with Tara. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finally, get some horror back in your veins, and it should uh should excite you. Tim, how did you feel about Stream mm. Six? I loved it. Uh, I was. Uh, I'm not even gonna beat around the bush. Uh, I was uh, pretty happy with this. Um, so, you know, I, we probably talked about it in the previous episodes, but you know, I'm, I'm not like a huge uh, scream guy, uh, especially compared to like other people of our generation. Like a lot of people around our age who are you know, like kind of like you know, mid late thirties or whatever. Now, like for them, like scream was kind of like the first you know like new franchise that kind of came out like while they were growing up and that they got to see so i feel like there's a lot of people that hold it like near and dear to their heart um but i don't know that i guess i mean i don't know if you feel the same way but like i don't know for me like i was still like more uh clinging on to like the 80s franchises and stuff like it never really um took a, a hold of me uh, as it does some other people but i still like it like i like the original quite a bit and then you know the sequels can kind of take or leave but you know there's fun stuff in them um but when we did the review for the one last year i actually was surprised by how much uh i liked it um especially given that the the people that made it the radio silence guys i didn't really like their previous film uh, ready or not that much so uh <clears throat> yeah it uh surprised me how much uh i liked it and i, I think essentially it was you know, uh, had to do with this cast uh, of new characters, as you said, the core four, <laughs> as they're kind of now being named. Uh, I I find them very likable uh, and charming, and I you know I like following them. And uh, I I think all the you know the actors that play them are like really good and, and likable. And you know it's that mixed with kills that I think are really good. And uh, you know as always, there's like you know uh, like a mystery about what's going on that uh, I felt interesting and compelling. So. Uh, we, we're a little uh, mixed between us. I, I, I like the last one a, a bit more than you did. So I'm interested to see what you thought of this one. But for me, this was just another case of like, oh, yeah, I'm really liking what they're doing. Uh, it's pretty much what everything I liked about the last one, but just kind of amped up to a degree. And I think just um, setting it in New York uh, is just a, a really <laughs> good move and makes it feel a lot fresh and uh, gave it some you know, nice new like set pieces, uh, including one that probably had... Uh, you know, uh, what I think a lot of people are going to come away with uh, as saying one of the best kills uh, in the movie, which you know, we'll, we'll get to in spoilers. But uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of fun to be had. Now, it's uh, obviously it's not a perfect movie. I think there's story wise, there's like a lot of stuff you can nitpick where you can say like, uh, how did, you know, this person not know this person or like, you know, some people might have issues with the the reveal of, you know, who Ghostface is in this. Uh, but um, and I, I think it, uh, there's some character stuff that I, I don't necessarily like, uh, but th these are all just like very minor, like small things that honestly, like, as I'm watching the movie, like they don't really, like, I understand why, you know, people might not, uh, you know, uh, uh, uh like it as much, but like, I don't know, it doesn't change the fact that basically as I was watching the movie, I was kind of, you know, with it, uh, on board from the start, uh, and you know, it kept my attention uh, kept me happy and interested and all the way through and had some really cool kills some nice subversions including uh an opening that you know um you know scream's kind of known for its openings and I, you know i thought i had a really uh cool interesting take on this one that you know something we haven't seen before uh so yeah uh, i you know was very happy with this one i, I liked it a lot even though you know, there's some faults which it's kind of hard to you know get into without uh, going into spoilers but yeah i'd say a big thumbs up for me 
Um, maybe if I do have one complaint, it's just like, man, this is another great <laughs> Halloween uh, set movie that for some reason <laughs> we're watching in March. Like it, it would have been nice to see this uh, in October, but then of course you would have had to wait longer. So I don't know. <laughs> I guess uh, I, I, that's maybe not too much of a fault but uh it's just always fun to me when you have like these great movies <laughs> that have like a halloween setting but then they're just never released uh, around halloween but whatever <laughs> yeah uh i would say that at least this isn't primarily set in halloween like it starts off set in halloween but like it's not mm -hmm. too long into the movie before we're kind of beyond that well no that's not entirely true but yeah okay okay i, I can kind of see what you're saying i, I think there's a there's an argument mm -hmm. for almost any horror movie Mm -hmm. to come out in october but if all horror movies did that then we'd have tons of them in october and they'd all be competing with each other and they wouldn't <laughs> do that well so the way i look at it that's very true is that be glad that there's enough of an appetite for horror that we get consistent horror releases all year round uh, oh for sure yeah. admittedly this one is set at halloween which the, the franchise to be fair is not known for that though because like this is the first one i think is set at halloween i don't think any of the other ones are I'm trying to think. Um, One's definitely yeah, not. Two's think. not. Three's definitely not. Uh, four. Like, I, I don't know. I, I weirdly think of it as kind of a Halloween movie, but maybe it's just because that, like, Halloween mask is so synonymous with, like, Halloween costumes that you see. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. You know, but, uh, yeah, I, don't, I can't really think of any other ones that specifically, like, yeah, take place uh, around then. I mean, obviously, but, you see them watching Halloween in the first movie. Right. Uh, our two sisters are now, you know, carpenters. Because <laughs> 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 a character, you know, there was a character called Billy Loomis. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah, there's a lot of things that make you think of the movie Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so, yeah, I wasn't as hot on the last one. I thought it was, like, <laughs> fine. Uh, I had some moments, but there was definitely some things that uh, drug it down a little bit for me. Um I like this one more than the last one. Mm -hmm. um, I do still have nice. things to to criticize. I, I have some things, mm -hmm. you know. That I, I I do think the uh, the third act goes into some uh, sure. comical places. I think there's one actor in this who stands stands out to me as being particularly bad. Interesting. Uh, okay. So we'll talk about that uh, mm. later, especially in spoilers. Um, one of my complaints of the last movie actually is that I didn't think uh, Sam was that good of a character. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought she was bland compared to the the other leads, and even just as from an acting perspective, I thought she kind of struggled at times. I still think she's the weakest of the the main characters, uh, mm -hmm. but I will say she didn't have as she, well. She didn't really have any moments this time where I felt cringy with her acting. So I guess that's an improvement. Like I didn't. Mm -hmm. Whereas last time I remember, like her talking to Tara when she's in the hospital bed, and they were supposed to have an emotional sister fight, and I was just kind of like smirking a little bit because her, her performance was a uh, kind of bad <laughs> CW levels. But um, I do think the location really freshened things up, and honestly, I think not having that many characters come back was also a big. If by that I mean legacy characters. Sure. Uh, obviously, Courtney Cox is in this as Gail. Um, and honestly, I think there's a, a couple of her moments are actually so, some of the most forced to me. Um, mm. there, there's a, they, I was going to say, there's a moment I, where they kind of feel the need to address why Sydney's not showing up. And I actually mm. thought it, it just like, 
It would have been better if you just not mentioned it. <laughs> because yeah. she sort of like, because one of them says, is Sydney coming? And she's like, no, Sydney's been to Hayden with her family and she deserves <laughs> happiness. And I'm like, I want to even question it. Why would she come to New York when Ghost... It was weird that she showed up in the last one. <laughs> yeah, they... I, I mean, I, I know why they did it, but I feel like... That... <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, like, I think it makes more sense, like, to have, like, Dewey and Gale, like, in the last one. But, yeah, Sydney definitely felt forced. Uh, and, yeah, they, it, I don't know, I kind of wish that, yeah, she actually hadn't showed up and that, you know, just, like, just let her story go. Like, yeah. yeah. I, so, you know, I, there's a couple of moments like that with Gale. Not that all Gale stuff's bad by any means. Uh, yeah, and I do, like, I mean, I guess we'll get more into spoilers, but it does feel like they kind of went back on her, her character a little bit because like, i feel like her characters had like you know growth throughout the series and then and this one it kind of felt like they were like uh we need her to be like the bitchy gale from like the first movie again i feel like they've done uh, that multiple times in this series like i feel like she's learned mm -hmm. that lesson of being more of a human and less of like a i need to write my yeah. book character <laughs> who doesn't give a shit like she's she's gained her humanity multiple times but seems to always revert back to just being you know gale weathers from the first movie again it's kind of it's kind of like a it's like a, a weird comparison but <clears throat> it's kind of like uh the human torch from like the fantastic four like the <laughs> like the the only trait like he ever really has is that he's like immature so like whenever a new writer comes on the fantastic four like one of the things they do is like like oh we're gonna like you know have him grow up and like you know like become serious and get a job and like try to act older and stuff in it but it's like one of those things where it's like yeah, that's all, like, anyone ever thinks to do with them. So it's, like, every time you get, like, a new writer or a new arc, they just kind of, like, reset, and then mm. it's, like, oh, yeah, he's going to do this again, even though, yeah. I mean, you probably say that for, like, a lot of comic book characters, too, you know? Um, but, yeah, I, I get what you're saying with that, though. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think the location's used fairly well. It had, I, mm. I, part of the reason why I like this more, because I wouldn't necessarily say the rating's that much stronger than the last movie. It is a bit stronger, but I think for me... Mm it's the set pieces are far more exciting and enjoyable. I think they use some different locations in really fun ways. Uh, I also agree that the opening is actually very good. In fact, I might go as far to say it's the best opening since the first movie. Wow. Yeah. And that's the thing. It was, it was doing all right, but there's a, there's a key moment and you'll know what I'm talking about uh, mm -hmm. without me spoiling it for everyone until we mm -hmm. get to spoilers. But there's a key moment where it does something genuinely interesting and you're like, oh, Oh, whoa, okay, all right. That's that's that's, that's not interesting because you know I. Okay, so are are you uh, officially giving it the key moment of the episode? The key moment of the episode. Yeah. Do Do you want to officially? Do you want to officially make the opening the key moment of the episode? Damn, why are you saying this? Like it's a thing we always do. That's we have literally never given a key moment of the episode. It surely would be a key moment of the movie, if if anything. Well, I, I I thought it was something we could start doing, but I guess you're not feeling it, so we we can start. We we I don't mind giving like a, you know, a, a, maybe you could rename it to sound a bit more uh, horror esque. You know, uh, the Lee moment. <laughs> <laughs> sure 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 tom yes it's the after scream queen jennifer jason lee <laughs> not jamie lee curtis no <laughs> no jennifer no. jason lee that's the one we're going with <laughs> of course yeah. oscar winner jamie lee curtis so that uh 
Things have happened in the uh, world since yes. you were last on a, a Screams recording, too. <laughs> it's true. Who who would have thought that Halloween Ends would have uh, <laughs> would have scored Oscar gold? <laughs> oh, With her thanks. infamous line, what was it, like, grab life by the tits or something like that? <laughs> Did she say something like that in Halloween Ends? <laughs> I think she died. I don't know if that was exactly it, but I'd forgotten whatever it was, but you're sparking a memory, yeah. She says that to her, uh, her granddaughter, I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Go out and get laid, granddaughter. You know, if you, yeah. want, if you want a gangbang, have a gangbang. You know, life's too short. Anyway, so... No, the, the opening's very good. Um, I, I will say the... <laughs> One of the problems I always have with with Scream, although it like is, I think it's actually worse than this one, but it just bothered me less. Is the motivation for the killer is like, mm. like some of the most just okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with here's it. Th- but. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing: is I I think if you want to enjoy these movies, like there's an element of camp to them, and I think you just kind of mm. gotta let it go because I I think some people get too caught up in like like oh like you know this is such a convoluted like you know way that this person you know is is doing this or whatever and i don't know like i i can see if it bothers you it bothers you but i think like you know this is a sixth entry in this series uh and we've had like some really crazy like killer reveals and i think you just kind of got to go with it and just look at it as camp and not you know expect too much (laughs) But, um, yep, yep. I mean, I mean, that, that, that's just my point of view. I mean, I, obviously, like everyone has their own take. You know, if it, if you don't like it, that's fine. But no, I mean, I think there's an element of having to just go with it. Uh, there's, yeah. I mean, obviously, as we talk. Oh, wait, is this the official just go with it moment of the episode? How how many monikers are we giving out an episode <laughs> now, Tim? What is this? I don't, know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what young kids like nowadays. <laughs> like. I feel like they they like awards and prestige and stuff, and you gotta have like, I don't know, stuff like that <laughs> to give out every episode. Uh, um, I mean, I, I don't I don't mind having some things to give out, uh, but you're you're surprising me with some of your your random ones here, Toby. I'm not gonna lie. I apologize. Yeah. Um, I'll let myself out. <laughs> so. Yeah, like I, I do think I have some nitpicks. I have some things. Like I, I don't think it's like a, a groundbreaking horror movie, but I definitely had a bit more sure. fun than five. I think that it obviously has a little bit of that meta commentary stuff. There's a scene where they talk about mm-hmm. some rules and what type of movie they're in, but it's not as heavy as last time. And it's one of those things where while it was really appealing in the first stream, you know, I don't necessarily need them to like go over the top with it anymore. Like at, at this point, mm-hmm. like you know, you've you've established like, how many times can we come up with a new like type of movie we're in? Okay, we had yeah. the recall, <laughs> and there's a speech in this that kind of relates to oh, we're we're in a long running franchise now because this is like the sixth one. <laughs> so it's like, what, what the it's... hell are you going to have a character say for number seven? Like at that point, like. You're still a franchise. Nothing's changed. It's a, you know, there's specific rules for the seventh entry in a, <laughs> a movie series. Like, is there really? Okay. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, though. If they come back in the next movie and say that there has to be a telepath because it's the seventh one, I will <laughs> I will applaud them. I will give them a standing ovation. Uh, but they technically had the eighth Friday the 13th with this one. So, you know. Um, oh, yeah. oh, interesting couple of comparison points to Jason Takes <laughs> Manhattan. I want, to, okay. I want to put it out here. Uh, 
is that much like Jason Takes Manhattan, the majority of this was not shot in New York. It was shot in Canada. <gasps> My Canada. <laughs> and because Jason Takes Manhattan actually has at least one scene that's shot in Times Square, there might mm-hmm. actually be more of that movie actually shot in New York <laughs> than this <laughs> one. Um, so I just I just wanted to point that out. I thought that was quite yeah. funny, given that people always like to complain that, that they don't actually shoot in New York. Yeah, most movies don't shoot in the actual places they're set in. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know. It, to me, it's, like, such a stupid thing. It's like, all right, well, hey, are they in a city with big buildings? Okay, that, yes. that's New York. Like, sorry. Oh, yeah, like, that'll do. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I agree. Look, they have a scene in the subway. They have, yeah. you know, uh, apartment buildings. They have whatever. Like, they, they've got enough things. I mean, there's not nothing... There's no fame yet, famous locations, admittedly. They never... Yeah. Uh, it's not like ghost faces running around the Statue of Liberty or something like that. No, no, it means there's, there's more to do in New York if they decide to stay there for the next one, but, because, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how you justify, like, all of the surviving characters, whoever they may be, because we're not spoiled anything mm-hmm. yet, uh, how you justify them all being together if they're in a completely different location again. It's like, oh, everyone yeah. moved to uh, Vegas for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would watch that. That would be funny. Because, uh, uh, of course, you know, once you've copied Jason Takes Manhattan, you have to talk, copy Leprechaun yeah. 3. <laughs> of course, they're just copying the masters. Yes, yes. Uh, so, I'm just trying to think of what else I want to say, spoiler-free-wise, before we start getting into it. I, if it feels especially... Yeah, it feels especially hard to talk about a Scream movie because so much of it's... Uh, uh, oh, we never really mentioned Kirby's back, Hayden uh, Penitary from uh, the fourth stream. Mm-hmm. She was a bit of a fan favorite in that, and people were mad she got killed off. There was a hint in the last movie that she maybe survived, and here she actually is back. Uh, so. I, I enjoyed her, and actually, I was a, I was a little surprised. Uh, it it did feel very um, <laughs> like it it did feel like maybe like a little cheesy and forced, but again, it, it's kind of uh, to me, it's going back to like this little bit of a campy aspect uh, and I, I don't know like i, I had fun with her there um, is there's one thing about how they do her character that kind of hurts 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 mm-hmm. uh, it hurts how much of her we can get sadly mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that in spoilers but um I, I i do think that one of the choices they made with her meant that we couldn't just like get her as much as perhaps fans probably yeah. wanted from her mm-hmm. but you know um it, yeah that, I think by by and large, I had a fun time. I don't think it's like a, a masterpiece. I don't think it's uh, mm-hmm. you know rewriting horror movies or anything. But at this point, when you get to number six in a franchise, what do I really want out of a long running horror franchise? Mm-hmm. I just want more fun kills. I want fun enough characters. Um, and yeah. I think three of the four core four are are at least in that category. Uh, with maybe a couple of interesting additions this time and. Yeah, just keep, keep keep it fresh every time. Is really all I'm wanting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, essentially, you know, that's <coughs> uh, you know kind of where I am. Like, um, yeah, I'm not looking for you know them to re- reinvent the wheel every time, but like, uh, yeah, as long as you have like interesting characters and um, yeah, like the and and the kills keep being good. Like, I'm you know uh, I, I'm along for this ride. I, I don't think they've confirmed uh, a seventh one yet but uh this one seems to be doing uh, very well so i'm assuming that yeah you know, I, I, I think there'll probably be some announcement yeah i think it's making 
not the most money. I think it's actually the, the fifth out of the franchise to make over 100 million. So it's doing at least as well as most of the other ones. But I think it's, yeah. it's, it's doing it faster than some of the other ones as well. So yeah. I suspect they'll probably announce something. I, I think you'll get a third movie of this, like, you know, this legacy group, uh, characters. group. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you want to call it. Uh, your your Stream Force Awakens. Uh, <laughs> this is your last Jedi. Those, unfortunately, the, whatever the next movie is is better than Rise uh, of Skywalker because that was a that was okay. a turd. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, so yeah, so I think we'll just give the spoiler warning then, so we can get into it. Because uh, mm. honestly, talking around everything in a screen movie is a little bit tough. Um, so we'll we'll get into all the stuff. I suppose we should just start with the opening. Uh, Let's do it because it's you know it's you know it starts with Samara weaving. She has this big cameo, and it's almost because the first movie started with Drew Barrymore, who was a star, and it was kind of a shock that they killed her off. Um, it's almost like this prestigious thing to get to be that character in a stream movie, and so that's what they do with her here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they worked with her on Ready or Not, mm-hmm. and I actually I li- I was liking this opening even before the insane kind of thing that happens. Me too. Because it was like, okay, they're doing this thing where she's in a, she's waiting for a blind date that she's, you know, well, not maybe a blind date, but like a Tinder-esque kind yeah. of date uh, in a bar and she's surrounded by people and the guy calls her on the phone and the whole thing is that the guy kind of lures her outside with relatively understandable, oh, I'm kind of lost, I'm looking for the bar, uh, mm-hmm. can you stand outside and wave at me or whatever? And ultimately it's sort of like he lures her into like this alley at least a little bit into it and mm-hmm. you know we find out that she's like a, a horror professor at a, a film studies class mm-hmm. in, in the, the university and the, the, it turns into Ghostface voice obviously and says ah you know you teach horror movies and you still walked into the dark alley and you know it's like okay this is, this is kind of fun it's like the idea of someone being killed in the, the populated city and surrounded by people. So even before it did the insane thing it did next, I was kind of thinking, oh, they're still using the location quite well here to do a different kind of opening. I was kind of into it. It's establishing, like, how dangerous Ghostface can be, like, amongst the crowd of the, the mass city. And mm-hmm. then, of course, it does that thing where Ghostface jumps out, kills her, and it, the camera just stays on Ghostface looking at her a little bit that I actually kind of, like, guessed what was about to happen. I'm like, mm-hmm. we're about to just see Ghostface... <laughs> On mask, it just <laughs> the way it was timed, it just kind of felt like we were going to stick with them. And sure enough, yeah. the mask comes off, and we see who kills her, and it's Flash Thompson from the new Thompson. Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man movies, <laughs> right? And it's like, oh, oh, and I was like, okay, you know what? That is legitimately surprising. You're doing yeah. something new with this opening, and I appreciate it. Um, now, ultimately, what it's really doing is that it's, it's setting up that the real victim of the opening isn't Samara Weaving's character; mm-hmm. it's this other potential ghost face, not even just this potential ghost face, this potential ghost face duo, because we mm. see when he gets home, he, he calls his, like, his roommate or whoever it is, and he's like, hey, yeah, did it. Like, the practice run went well. Like, we're yeah. going <laughs> to kill all these people, blah, blah, blah. And he's home, and he's got stab posters on the wall, and he wants to finish what Randy, no, not Randy, uh, what was his name? Richie. That was the one from the last movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Richie started. Um, he watches a little bit of Friday of the 13th, I think part four, if I remember correctly on the tv um i i mean i i i thought it was uh it wasn't takes manhattan on i don't think so i want to say it was the, the bathroom scene from part but you may, it may, be, may it, be part eight yeah i mean it, it, yeah it's hard because uh yeah only like we both saw this like a little while ago so 
yeah it's uh yeah yeah a little hard to tell exactly and it was like a, a quick scene but so um, yeah maybe takes manhattan would have been a little too on the nose <laughs> joe, joe i thought this was basically i thought this was a much better version of the opening because the opening from four was like mm-hmm. oh it's a, it's a scream opening oh shit no it's actually the stab movie and then here's oh, the characters yeah, yeah. watching the stab movie oh no it's a stab movie within a stab movie here's <laughs> i thought this was like a better version of that where the the gimmick of this opening is that we have two potential ghost face killers but mm-hmm. then the real ghost face of the movie kills them and yeah. it's like it, they kill these guys because oh they're going to get in the way of our ghost face plans that's kind of <laughs> funny that there's competing ghost faces and they have to take care of these like more amateur ghost faces at the start of the movie that's actually quite a funny concept it almost makes mm. me wish that they went even further with it and there was literally like you know there's always two killers usually right except mm-hmm. from three um and this one technically well more than that later uh, but it'd almost be funny if they weren't related to each other and it was just two competing oh, yeah. ghost faces <laughs> now uh for <coughs> sorry there you go. Thank you. uh was there any second where you thought like oh like we might just know who the killer is the whole movie or like did you pretty quickly because, I mean, I guess it doesn't take too long before he's back in his apartment and, like, you know, his phone rings and stuff. But yeah, I guess, like, was there a little bit where you're like, oh, maybe we're just going to know the, the killer from the start? Because that in and of itself would be a subversion to, like, you know, the tropes we've seen in these movies so far, which could be interesting. Yeah, I think once it got back to his place, it was kind of obvious that he was then going to be killed yeah. in, you know, a typical stream way. And it was like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm fine with that choice. It would have been really ballsy, though, to actually just straight up, like, because there's a moment because when he's walking home he runs into Tara who's on her way to a Halloween party and he mm-hmm. kind of says hello and like oh is your sister going to be there and it's kind of yeah. like oh shit she knows who this guy is and I almost thought wouldn't this movie be really exciting if we actually were following the killer and how they pulled off the plan the entire yeah. time and I get why that might not they might not think that would work for a lot of the audience but for me it'd make it the most interesting like yeah <laughs> the, the most interesting take you could do in like a slasher sequel is like no we're going to follow the killer especially one where typically it's a who done it and we don't usually know who the killer is but to see them actually try and pull off the plan and like it could almost be like a like a dexter style thing where we're saying okay yeah. this is how they have to get to this point to that point how did they get in there without anyone seeing let's see how they do that how did the two ghost faces work together like that would have been I fun think... i wasn't disappointed yeah. we didn't do that but it did leave that sure. little tingle as like but what if they actually had the balls to just go through with that? I think it would uh, especially be interesting in these movies because, um, you know, since there is usually multiple killers, uh, it would be interesting to see, like, how, you know, they tag team stuff and it's like, oh, like, which killer is killing here? And then, like, yeah, sometimes when you see a killer, like, you know, show up to, like, the scene of the crime, like, right after to see, like, kind of how they do that. So uh, that would be an interesting take. And uh, who knows, maybe possible fodder for future entries. But, uh yeah, the now uh, there's one thing that kind of bugged me about this opening though. Which I, I don't know if you noticed it. Um, it's been so like a week. To, it's been a week and a half time. You're going to have to give me some hints. <laughs> <laughs> so you know when he goes to his apartment, like you were saying, you know he has posters of all these, uh, you know, like horror movies and, and stuff on there. Mm. Um, but you know what else he has? He also has posters of podcasts. He has oh, the last podcast oh, yeah. on the left. We hate movies podcast. I was like. All right, so where's the screams after midnight? <laughs> yeah, you hacks. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you not I mean, have us in your wall? 
you telling me this guy is a horror fan with um, psychotic tendencies and you're going to try to tell me he doesn't listen to our show? Like, come on. Yeah, I don't believe it. Uh, that guy, we don't sell posters. Maybe that's the, the problem. Well, he could have handmade it. <laughs> he could have printed one himself, sure, but we don't officially have a poster to sell, so maybe that's why we didn't end up on the wall. That's a good point. That's the only reason, obviously. Oh, yeah, only reason. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously this is a fucking turnaround, and then from here we, you know, we we reestablish who oh, all the nice, characters uh, are and whatnot. Nod to um, uh, DC Comics as well, finding the <laughs> roommate in the fridge. Oh yeah, his roommate got fridged. Yeah, very good. Uh, that, hell, that might have even been a meta thing as well. Just you know, the idea of fridging someone. Maybe, maybe yeah. it's not an intentional joke because we didn't know who that character was until you know we see him in the fridge. But still, or what other famous you know uh somewhat oh i guess you probably wouldn't call it like a legacy sequel but <coughs> um another famous uh later era sequel where uh, a character ends up in a fridge of course uh indiana jones and uh, <laughs> uh, the, the crystal skull so yeah possibly a nod to that he's not dead in that though just nearly yeah yeah so yeah, so we see that Sam's in therapy, and uh, with the the worst therapist ever, who, when she finally admits all the things that have happened to her and why she's kind of messed up, he just kind of gets scared and thinks she might be a killer. Uh, yeah. I guess he's like, I'm not, I'm not qualified to deal with a crazy bitch like you. Uh, please leave. Yeah. Uh, but the big thing we learn is that, and this is an interesting take, actually. They, they do this thing where... Uh, the toxic online community have decided mm. that she's a liar and that Richie mm -hmm. was not the killer and that she framed him for it. And, you know, she gets a drink thrown over when she's leaving the party later. Uh, she's constantly just being, like, recognized by strangers. And, like, it, it really wants to set up this mm. idea that she is ready to snap and that the world at large, like, thinks she's a psychopath. And that's, you know, part of her yeah. struggle. Um... Yeah, so I think that's one thing that's kind of interesting that, like, these movies do because, you know, since there's such later entries, like, there's only so much, like, meta stuff about the rules of a horror movie you can do when you're, like, in the fifth and sixth entry of the movie. But what I think is kind of interesting is, like, they do these kind of meta takes, not necessarily on movies, but, like, on kind of, like, culture stuff, like, outside of movies. So, like, you know, uh, so maybe you're not, like, tacking on, like, a, a new rule you know, about surviving, like, the sixth century of a horror movie, but, you know, you do have, like, something to say about, like, you know, a movie culture or, like, toxic fandom and that kind of stuff, which uh, I think is an interesting take. Um, and then it, it is one of those things, though, where it is, like, it seems, like, unbelievable to me because it's, like, well, it, it wasn't just, like, her that was there. Like, you know, you, you had, like, other witnesses that could say, like, oh, no, those people were definitely the killers. Like, you know, they were, like, you know, she was acting in self-defense and stuff, but... I mean, it, I guess it's not that unbelievable uh, with the things that people believe nowadays to, you know, yeah, <laughs> to think that people wouldn't uh, believe that. It's ridiculous, but I actually completely think it's believable that there would be like a, a group online who think this and it would spread these ideas and everyone thinks she's crazy. Like, can you like, can you believe that there are people that like actually don't like our show? Like, I like it's very hard to believe, but there there are some weirdos out there that just. I don't know, they're just, they're not well people. I, I, I've never met someone who said they don't like screams after midnight. 
I know it's 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 hard to believe, but uh, I've uh, I've met them. I've, uh, <laughs> you have, with Bobby. Them. <laughs> Love with them. Does your wife listen to the show? Say <laughs> so she used to be a fan. She... <gasps> what what thunder away? Um, she thought you got a little preachy in the last couple of years. How dare she? <laughs> you have to get a divorce time. It's the only answer to this that I could think of. Uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so that's where that's where Sam is. Uh, Tara is just trying to be a normal college student. She wants to go to party. She wants to get drunk. Uh, Sam's being protect overprotective. <laughs> she wants to watch sci-fi movies. <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is actually at one point in this movie early on someone refers to her as tea which is something i do sometimes with tara and it made me chuckle in the movie theater i was like oh <laughs> that's what i say tara. <laughs> oh dear um so you got them i thought this uh party scene was interesting though because she's like trying to like hook up with this like obviously very like like dumb like jerky guy mm -hmm. and um, I, I thought it was interesting of her, like, trying to be, like, you know, like, everyone's telling her, like, no, like, you're drunk, like, don't do it, and her being, like, no, like, I don't care, like, you know, let me make some mistakes, and, uh, I guess it kind of sets up the dynamic throughout, you know, the rest of the movie where, uh, y you know, Sam is, like, very, uh, overprotective, and Tara is, like, not really coping with, you know, like, all the stuff that's, like, happened with her, uh, which, you know, I, th I thought it was interesting. Yeah, um, it's, it's an interesting moment so yes she's basically she's at this halloween party and this guy starts talking to her and getting her a drink and then she's like oh i wish there was something else or something stronger or whatever and he's like oh i've got a bottle of this in my room if you want to come up <laughs> and she clearly knows what Easton's suggesting with that mm -hmm. and says ah what the hell yes go so she does make that choice now i'm like so she she makes a a decision yeah she's probably a bit drunk but like she's she's making a decision on her own and then her you know her friend's basically like uh maybe we don't let her do that and then eventually they go get yeah. chad who's at this party uh with his his new roommate uh ethan who is going to be uh, a character that is immediately suspected as a killer because he's new <laughs> by mindy yeah. um so it, it's it's um it's a sort of thing where it does kind of feel like everyone else is a little in the wrong for like just stepping in and being overly protective with her um <laughs> Arguably, though, Chad, because it obviously comes apparent as the movie goes on that he's got feelings for Mindy, you kind of get why he wants to step in and st stop this from happening, but... Actually, I thought they had, like, some nice chemistry, too. I kind of liked their little, you know, burgeoning romance. Yeah, I thought it was fine. They had some cute moments. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, Sam shows up, takes her home. She actually tasers the, uh, <laughs> the, the... the the dumb jock dude and the balls mm -hmm. uh which did feel a little excessive <laughs> <laughs> probably like i yeah <laughs> I, I imagine that it has to do like some damage but yeah i, I mean don't get me wrong like, I, I can't remember how aggressive he started to get when he was getting cock blocked like maybe he was yeah. starting to sound a little angry or whatever and maybe that's why it didn't feel as bad as it was it does in my memory but mm -hmm. uh but they, they go home and we introduced to well we actually already seen her a little bit but we have the quote-unquote slutty roommate so they've got so the two mm -hmm. sisters have got another roommate uh, named quinn who the running joke is she seems to have a different guy in her bedroom mm -hmm. like a few different times throughout the movie and that's kind of we're introduced to her and her dad's a cop who's a character in the movie she actually had like a couple of funny jokes where like you know she'll say something 
Um, and you just kind of hear, like, the guy in her bedroom respond, like, Hey, what are you talking about? Or, like, wait, who? Like, like oh, is, um, I don't know, is that Randy in there? And then you just hear, like, the guy in the bedroom, like, who's Randy? <laughs> like, there's a couple of funny uh, lines like that. Yeah, there was a couple of gags. They didn't overplay the sexualization of it. It was mostly just yeah. kind of, I don't know, a running gag more than anything else. Um, so yeah, obviously they see in the news as a ghost face killer and something's happened uh, and immediately, uh, Sam's like, like, Tara, pack your bags. We're leaving the city. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. And this is probably the correct response. <laughs> yeah. But she's like, it's a big city. It doesn't necessarily have to be related to us. And obviously it's a, it's a stream movie, so it's going to be, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be. I, I do think it's funny though, that these, the, the killers in this movie don't give a shit about Sydney and like the backstory yeah. of that. It's, it's all just tied <laughs> to what happened in the last movie. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Um, when we get introduced to the neighbor character who they're sort of, hey, Sam, you've been staring at that guy across the window mm. for, for weeks now. You should go talk to him. But it's revealed very quickly that they're actually already in a, a secret relationship. Who's a secret um, relationship? This actor playing mm. Cute Boy, or Danny, as his name is, mm. um, I recognized instantly as Prometheus from Arrow. <laughs> so... Um... <laughs> yeah, I don't like being reminded of Arrow, admittedly, but uh, that's that's where I know him from. That's, I know he, him from he he played a pug on She-Hulk. Um, that's right, he popped then, up in She-Hulk as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was also on um probably the thing I actually know him the most from is uh, he was on uh this sitcom called The Other Two, which is actually a, a pretty funny sitcom. Uh, but that's actually where I, I first seen him. Okay, okay. Uh, so. At this point, like the sequence of events may be a little blurry in my mind because it's been like a week mm-hmm. and a half since I saw the movie. So I, I think at this point, we're going to talk about the overall kind of mystery and how they handle it and the big set okay. pieces that kind of take place throughout. Because uh, mm-hmm. the first big set piece, I think, is when they get called and then they end up in the store. Does that sound right? That sounds about right, yeah. Because yeah. they, they, I, I believe, like, you know, the cop uh, is at the scene of the crime and like, he finds... Uh, you know, like Sam's ID is like uh, yeah the the, the 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 site of where the the, the other ghost faces quote unquote were killed yeah yeah uh, so she's a person of interest and they want to talk to her and oh and at the and whenever there's a, a kill they always leave a, a ghost face mask yeah and they they track it and it's like Richie's from the last movie mm-hmm. uh, and as the movie goes on every time they leave a ghost face mask it's like going back through the movies it's like here's one from five here's one from four. One from three, so on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the main ghost face running around has got like a... Like a cracked mask. It's like a sort of... Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think the implications might be it's the first movie's mask because it looks a bit yeah. old, looks a bit dirty, uh, and so on. But yeah, no, like I think where the movie shines is the set pieces. It's, you know, it's like they get scared, they're walking down the street, they're on the call with the killer, and they run into a store uh, after they oh, get... They... Oh. Oh, sorry. Well, uh, it, it's just another thing too, where like, uh, yeah, they, you know, she gets a call. Um, I, I, I think it, it says it's like from Richie. Mm. Um, you know, so yeah. she picks it up, and obviously it's it's Ghostface. <clears throat> um, and you know, they're they're talking for like a little bit, and, and it's another, you know, I I think kind of subversion where, you know, like, uh, like I wasn't surprised that they would get a call this early on, but it did surprise me that like Ghostface does actually like jump out at them like you know relatively quickly and it's still pretty early in the movie so I was actually kind of like surprised I'm like oh like we're already starting you know with an attack right here and then you know they duck into like this little bodega which 
um yeah like you're you're saying you know uh you know the set pieces in this movie are kind of what make it stand out and like yeah this opening one i, I thought was terrific like um it, it, you know it's just something i feel like you haven't seen before and it's like you know uh most not, not even just like scream movies but you know most horror movies in general you know like when people are running away or getting attacked it's usually like you know they're alone in the woods or they're alone in the house or they're like alone in a cabin or like you know they're in these big empty spaces where you know you feel very lonely uh and desperate and it's like here you know they're running into like a crowded store there's lots of people there and then like you know even the people are reacting like you know like hey buddy what are you doing like you know like you know f off and stuff um and it's just like a very interesting dynamic to see <coughs> you know like a crazed killer you know working in this kind of environment so yeah he, yeah, he comes in he, he, he kills the owner who tries to hold him up with a gun uh he you know ghostface eventually gets the shotgun and we get sort of the the tense moments of like the sisters crouched and like, you know hiding around all the, mm-hmm. the aisles of the shelving and Ghostface is looking for them, and it becomes very much this kind of, you know, he's listening for the noises, and it's like every little noise, and, you know, I think Sam throws something somewhere to, like, distract them, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's this tense sequence of, like, just nar- just barely getting away. If, there, if there's a slight critique, if you're thinking about it too much here, uh, there is a slight issue with, like, it always feels like in these movies, like, the killer or killers want the big third act reveal, where they, like, reveal their plan to the main victim, when they finally unravel everything and it feels like did they actually ever want to kill them here or is are they just going through the motions to scare the shit out of them and killing other people around them so that it sets up for that bit because if they just kill sam and tara here then all of a sudden who are they going to confess to at the end <laughs> yeah that, you know? that's actually a really good point that's, i've never really thought about that but like yeah like if they just went ahead and killed them like what would they do like all right movie over <laughs> yeah like the movie would be over if they just succeeded right here and now uh especially since i think it's especially glaring with this movie because like the mm-hmm. ghost face has this plan to keep leaving breadcrumbs from the past ghost faces and i'm like yeah this is mm-hmm. only like the scream four mask you're leaving at this one like yeah your entire plan would be <laughs> shot to shit if you kill both these sisters right now <laughs> So you know, it's, it's it's a minor thing if you think about it a little bit too much. So just you know, just go with yeah. it. It's whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I will say, I, I think like it, the stuff is like it's exciting enough that like I think as you're watching it, you don't really oh, sure, think about yeah. it. Like a lot of the the stuff that I find like very nitpicky about it, um, I don't think about while I'm actually watching the movie because the movie does a really good job of you know, keeping me entertained and on board. So there's only stuff that I think about after that. I'm like, oh yeah, well, I guess that doesn't really make sense or whatever, but yeah. yeah. It, 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 they do a good job of keeping you entertained. Yeah, and one of the problems that I, I had last time, and it's still here a little bit, is that sometimes, you know, at one point in this movie, there's three characters tackling Ghostface and Ghostface is still somehow sure. like <laughs> winning and like pushing them back. And I'm like, even if you're the strongest of the three, yes, there's three in this one. Uh, <laughs> like, I still don't believe. Technically five if you count the two. Oh, the two the ones that die at the start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for a part, actually, for a start, when the movie opened, like you said, you were thinking, "Oh, we're going to just know who the killer is the, the whole time." I thought maybe something they might do actually is that this is going to be like a "We Are Legion" thing, and like every kill is a different uh, ghost face. Interesting, yeah. Because I was thinking, oh, is it going to be like an app thing where like people are just opting in to kill someone they like, and they're just like, oh, we'll just all blame it on Ghostface, quote unquote. Uh, That'd be interesting. Yeah. So, um, I will say this though, I do think uh, Dermot Mulroney, who plays the detective, who's the father of Quinn, uh, mm-hmm. I think he is 
really bad in this movie. He is chewing <laughs> scenery at various points. Uh, he's fine when he's, he's just generic cop dude at first, but when Quinn's killed after a set piece, and he's like, I'm going to find this killer, and I'm going to kill them. Like, he's just chewing the scenery, and then later on, and we're in spoilers, when it turns out he is one of the three killers, mm. he, like, every word he says in that third act is like, the, it's like, you're an actor doing theater right now because you're just chewing the scenery <laughs> and it like to a point where i wasn't really enjoying it so I, that is probably my biggest negative of this movie is that he absolutely I, just like he, he can't just act with some restraint well i mean yeah i can't really defend like the yeah the, the last third or whatever but at least like when quinn dies i guess you could say that like he's, he's, he's acting know, he, in the movie yeah, yeah. yeah i know i know technically I know. he's a bad actor but um yeah i mean i, I guess I, I don't disagree with you but i guess it didn't bother me as much you know while I was watching it, just, it. it really stuck out there's it's right after the the when they're all outside after the big apartment part there and mm-hmm. he literally just he, he, he was like two lines he was like two words removed from every meta must die from the flash <laughs> and it just it, it really gave me a <laughs> chuckle um so I did like though that when they get taken to the police station after this, and they're very suspicious of 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 Sam, and Sam's like, "Yeah, we're still leaving this go Tara," and then the cops like, "And eh, no, you're a person of interest. <laughs> you can't leave the city." And it's like, yeah. okay, that's an interesting way to get around that because she wants to do the smart thing. She wants to be the camera guy from Scream Two, and you're giving her a reason why she can't do that. So okay, right, they can't leave. Um, actually. As far as callbacks go, there is one that I do kind of love that I think is quite funny and inventive. Mm-hmm. And it's when Gail comes to speak to them when they get out of the police station and Sam goes to punch her and Gail sort of like <laughs> dodges like Neo. She's just kind of like... <laughs> and she's like, ah, nah, done that before. And then without skipping a beat, she gets punched in the face by Tara because she doesn't see the second <laughs> punch coming. I, I actually thought that was legitimately quite funny. That's funny, yeah. Um, and then like, you know, kind of saying before, like... Yeah, it feels like a little weird to have like, you know, like I think in the last movie, you know, Gail says something like, um, you know, whether like, you know, don't write a book about us or whatever. She's like, yo, trust me, like, I, yeah, I'm, I don't, I don't want to write any more books or whatever. And then like, they have her again in this one, being like, oh yeah, I wrote a book. <coughs> and then also it seemed like you know the book like, you know, uh, seemed like pretty like harsh on like Sam and stuff, like calling her like unstable and everything, where it's like. Well, if you're going to write a book, like, can you at least be, like, you know, flattery? Well, the, or... Don't get me wrong. The audience knows she's a little unstable because we saw her see Billy in her head. Yeah. And we saw her, mm-hmm. like... Like, when she stabbed Rich at the end of the movie, she does stab him maybe a few too many times <laughs> to be healthy. And she actually tops that at the end of this yeah. one. So, like, we know there's a reason to at least suspect it because it does feel like they're telegraphing the in Scream 6 she could be at least the big red herring, if not the killer. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what to do with that but more than that later uh so mm-hmm. yeah i will say there was a little a little part of me that kind of like i i had um i like i wasn't uh like married to this theory but part of me was like uh, uh, i do wonder maybe if uh if they might you know throw gale under the mask there like maybe if like mm. you know because uh you know if she like cracked with the, the loss of dewey in the last one if she you know, uh, blamed, uh, you know, them for that and then wanted to get some type of revenge or something, but obviously doesn't pan out, but 
Yeah, um... That's one of my theories. So their, their plan after this is basically just to, like, hole up in their apartment, like, with everyone around them. So it's like a, you know, it's, a, it's a, an apartment, it's not that big, and they've got mm-hmm. the Core 4, which is something that around this time in the movie, Chad sort of says, hey, we are the Core 4, <laughs> and... You know, these others are fine, but they're not Woodsboro. Mm. Like, we can trust each other. These it's all yeah. these new ones, the new roommate, the new love interest, like all these other characters we can't trust. Um you know, and almost immediately as well, I guess before this actually where they have the conversation where Mindy's like, Okay, we're not just in a requel anymore, we are in a franchise we're in a long running franchise, meaning the legacy characters aren't safe. So it's not looking good for Gail or Kirby. Uh yeah. you know, that was a funny line, but th- this is kinda yeah. where the movie catches his breath and it's like okay here's our core group um and i'm glad they're all here one of my big critiques of five is that it kind of chickened out of killing anyone who was remotely likable and they all just turned out to be alive at the end i actually do have a similar complaint at the end of this one so yeah that's we'll get to it we'll get to it but um so yeah we'll we'll get there (laughs) yeah so eventually of course ghostface uh is coming to attack and um there's a whole thing where the neighbor across the street like he sees ghostface in the the room across you know across the window and he tries to warn them and call them and sam ignores the call um i actually really like this set piece because again the apartment is a very different location for this and there's so many of them together and you know they try and fight back but someone's removed all the knives that's suspicious Mm -hmm. like we don't have any weapons to fight back with so and it felt like uh, I don't know, just them being so close and like talking like it, uh, it, you know, it felt very safe. And even like you were saying, like, yeah, it feels like a little bit of a wind down. It's like a breathing moment that um, it did kind of catch me off guard when like Ghostface you know, kind of disappears out of nowhere. And then like, uh, yeah, and it, it's a nice like a uh, little visual of, yeah, the, you know, a sexy boyfriend seeing them across the street and then yeah not being able to get in touch with anyone. Yeah, my my, my like, brain was thinking, okay, is this them the movie trying to convince us that he's not the killer because he's witnessing this and trying to help them? Mm-hmm. Or is this like the movie like double bluffing is and like, nah, he's really the killer. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, they try and barricade the doors. They, you know, they, it turns out Quinn's boyfriend's already dead in the, the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Like he's like butchered already. Um, and this is where... Uh, it, it's Mindy's girlfriend who gets stabbed and uh, is like dying, and ultimately their way out because everything's locked and they can't get out is uh, the the neighbor uh, Danny puts a ladder across his window to their window, and they you know they crawl over the alleyway in this ladder. So it's a really fun little set piece. I will say mm-hmm. though, I have something I want to critique here, not in a like a movie way, but just in like a character way, is that for some reason. As soon as they set up this ladder to go across, right, and, like, Mindy and Sam are both holding, like, a, a chest of drawers up against the door to stop Ghostface from getting in. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the the girlfriend, uh, what's her name? Uh, Anika. She's stabbed and she's, she's sitting there and she's bleeding out. For some reason, Mindy's like, okay, Sam, uh, I'll stay back. I'll go last because someone needs to hold the door um, or, or whatever. And I was, like okay so let the injured person go first right and then sam right, just yeah. goes she's like all right <laughs> uh, okay i don't feel good about it but i'll go i'm like why are you going first surely the injured person should go first <laughs> <laughs> this feels a bit selfish on your part sam i'm not gonna lie yeah it's a it's a bit weird but i mean it, it makes sense because yeah that's obviously you want to build the tension and then that's yeah the most obvious person that's gonna die but yeah the- <laughs> that was a little weird I can't. How does it happen? Because Mindy definitely goes before she does, though. Because Mindy makes it over, and then obviously yeah. uh, 
Anika's going last and Ghostface starts rocking the ladder when he gets in and she ends up falling to her death, which is a fun death, you know. I think this movie definitely feels a bit more brutal than the last one. Uh maybe you can get away with yeah. more now. Or you know certainly versus the old movies where I think they had to really tone the deaths down. Yeah, I mean I, I do think the last one was um you know, the, the, the deaths were actually pretty, you know, gory and bloody, but uh, yeah, this one definitely feels like it, you know, ups it uh, quite Cause, a bit. Cause and then... certainly two through four, I would not describe as that gory. I, I feel like those are yeah. pretty watered down as far as the violence goes. Whereas I think this one definitely felt like it was, no, nah, no, nah, you've seen a lot more stabbings, you've seen a lot more uh, blood and stuff. Um, yeah. But I mean, I thought this was great though. I mean, this is you know, maybe my favorite kill uh, of the movie just because, oh, sure. uh, yeah. yeah, you know, it, it's, it's very different and inventive and, uh, there's so much tension, you know, like... I think the key thing here for me, Tim, is that the opening has the, holy shit, like, we're unmasking the killer, this makes mm-hmm. this scene feel unique. Uh, then the, the the store one, where they're going to the bodega, it's like, oh, now it's this quiet, you know, quiet sneaking around as this, you know, Ghostface has got a shotgun and he's just killed mm-hmm. civilians on their way to get to him. That made that feel unique. And then this feels unique because of the confines of the apartment and then the going across the ladder mm-hmm. to the other side. Like, each of the set mm-hmm. pieces so far have felt unique for the franchise but also just unique in and of themselves to the movie so yeah i think that's what makes this one fun and what kept the pace up for me and like you never feel like it lulled too bad because every time we did get a big set piece like ghost face scene none of them just felt like they were phoning it in i think actually somewhere before then, here there is a quick kill where, where he kills the uh the therapist i want to say oh right 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 he yeah. stabs him through the, the door but that's like a, just a yeah, quick that was fine cut away. Yeah. yeah it's not um and and yeah and you know it's a you know, it's not a short movie. It's it's about like two hours, and yeah, but, almost. You know, yeah. It, but yeah, like the, there's so many like varying you know kills and set pieces, and, and you know it feels so unique that it does a good job that you don't really feel the length. It's you know, you know, kind of just boom, 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 going from like place to place. Yeah. Uh, so obviously everyone's distraught after this. Um, and there's around here where they're, they're they're trying to like think of a plan to capture him, and it. And they're mm-hmm. intentionally, there's a lot of parallels to Stream 2 in this because they even compare it mm-hmm. and say, okay, we're back in Woodsboro for the legacy sequel. Now this is like a, a follow-up. This is like a legacy sequel to Stream 2. So we're following mm-hmm. the main character off to college. Uh, and they try and do something similar that they did in Stream 2 where they try and track the killer on a phone. And like it's, it's, it's probably Central Park in this case. And it's very mm-hmm. much like that scene in Stream 2 where Randy's on the phone. And they even reference him getting killed in a van as like half the characters are sitting in a van like with the police detective listening for the call mm. and stuff um and the killer basically is like yeah like when they trace the call they actually find that the killer is actually at gail's apartment who they've kind mm. of like ignored I, and i'm realizing as i'm talking about this that i've skipped over a big scene <laughs> because uh we must have already had the sequence where gail shows them the the, the hideaway that she found Oh right, right, right. The, yes, the, the, yes, the, yes. the stab slash. It's not even just the stab yeah. museum because it's uh, it's all the real like memorabilia from the kills. It's, yeah. you know, it's here's the TV that kills Stu in the first movie. Here's uh, <laughs> all the different ghost face masks and costumes and all these other things from all the films. And mm-hmm. Kirby's shown up at this point. I think she was interested at the police station. Yeah, and she's the FBI she's, like, now. Working FBI, yeah, yeah. Uh, the big thing with Kirby though is that because the movie wants us to be like a potential killer you know it's like oh she could have snapped and become the killer um, they kind of keep her at arm's length which I think maybe diminished how much she could do with her I mean they have the moment sure. where she bonds with Mindy and they're like you know firing back some horror movie questions at each other and that's a little mm-hmm. bit fun um, 
I can't remember who said four was the favorite fade of the thirteenth, but that's the one I agree with. Yeah, one said two and the other said four. And two's a good pick. Two's 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 in the top three for sure. So yeah. both good answers. Um, yeah. What was they what, both like Psycho Two, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we we've championed that movie in the past. <laughs> what I feel like there was one example at the end of the list though that was a little weird to me. I can't remember what it was they, now. Was it Candyman? Oh yeah, it was the yeah, original or, or or reboot, and they said both, and I'm like, eh, nah, original's definitely better. But yeah, you know, <laughs> it, whatever. I mean, whatever. you you can like both, but to, I, I, yeah, I think it, it's kind of weird to be like, oh, no, they're both like the best. Like, don't worry, wrong. This is not as bad as Christmas Bloody Christmas when the character says her favorite. Uh, was it our favorite Halloween movie? It was six? That was no, it wasn't that. It was something like that though. It was like some <laughs> batshit insane opinion. Uh, maybe, oh, maybe it was a Texas Chainsaw. It's like they really liked four. I don't know. I can't remember. But like, go back and check that review uh, for whatever my comments were. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I I did kind of like the dynamic between uh Kirby and Gale. Uh, I thought that was fun. I I could have watched like a little bit more of them because, mm. um. Yeah, like, she, like, obviously, like, because, like, she's trainer, so, like, a little kid, and she's like, I'm, like, 30 now, but, like, even that, like, it feels, like, young to be an FBI agent. It does, Um, it feels young to be an FBI agent, but I guess they're telling us that she's a bit of a, you know, wunderkind, you know, she gets so determined to stop killers after what happened to her that she just immediately, you know, went down that path. It is funny, though, because I was thinking, oh, Kirby's looking older in the last movie, and I'm like, but wait a minute, like, I mean, oh, yeah, it was a decade ago, but she was, like, a teenager in it, so she can't actually be that old, and then she's like, yes, I'm 30. And like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you're not that old. Because uh, that's the thing. Gail, Stewie, and and Sydney are all, you know, in their 50s. Did you say Stewie? Dewey, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there's a stew and there's a Dewey, and I, I, I might have combined them. I, I apologize. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah. you know, it, it's, that's one of the... They're old as shit. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those weird things about legacy sequels is that sometimes, or even just long-running franchises, like if you're... You know, I, I just reviewed the first Fast and the Furious uh, on Collector's Cut. Mm-hmm. I just recorded that today. And it's like, holy shit, like, everyone's so, everyone's so baby-faced. And, like, now they're all, mm-hmm. like, pushing 50 because the franchise has been going on for so long. Uh, it's just one of these things that happen with long-running franchises now. Uh, yeah, it always, like, bumps me out, to be honest. Like, <laughs> when <clears throat> you have, like, these, like, you know, like, long... Uh, like running sequels or whatever and they're like guess what like we're bringing back the original actor and everyone's like yeah and i'm like i i don't want to see like some 80 year old dude like i like i don't know like i'm interested in the new indiana jones but also (laughs) that was the example that was the exact example (laughs) i was going to bring up is harrison ford and he's (laughs) mid-80s yeah just like see him like gently jogging like away from like a boulder just like you know very like mildly (laughs) punching people like uh whatever um but i, I don't know yeah it, it, it's strange but yeah uh also it's kind of like where's hayden uh what patent penitentiary whatever you say you know, how do you say last <laughs> penitentiary <name>? yeah <laughs> penitentiary uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> but like where's she like where's she been like i feel like i haven't seen her in a while like she's uh, in a video game but i believe she was a main character on is it nashville tv show which ran for several years all right, yeah, that explains it. Whenever you know, whenever you haven't seen an actor in a while, they're usually stuck on like some basic cable <laughs> TV like, show. Yeah. <laughs> a TV show they haven't seen. Like, usually it's like Yellowstone or something. But uh, 
I actually uh, in this case his national. I saw one of her first roles uh, just last year. She's she's a little girl in uh, the Denzel Washington movie. Remember the Titans? I don't remember that. So that may be funny, Tim. So that may be funny. <laughs> so it's a it's an American football uh, movie. But anyway, uh, she, she's like the, the little seven year old in it, and it's like, oh shit, that's a uh, uh, penitentiary. She a cheerleader? No, actually, the the joke is, is she's a seven year old who's like like one of the the adult men who's screaming and like demanding plays and like come on ref you asshole and things like that. Sounds funny. Uh, so of course I remember her from <laughs> the television yes. show Heroes, a show we all love and never had any complaints about. <laughs> Very good. Yes, yes. No one ever complained. Did they try to do like a reboot? <laughs> did anyone watch that? Uh, uh, they did try to do a reboot. It only lasted one season. Um, I tried the first episode. It was trash, much like Heroes <laughs> after the first half of season one. Um, yeah. So did was everyone just like? Oh no, like we got the real comic book shows and stuff now. We don't need you anymore. Like sorry. <laughs> yeah, actually looking like at it, looking at her IMDB, like she hasn't really been in anything since Nashville ended in twenty eighteen. She seemed to mm-hmm. disappear for a while after that. Uh mm-hmm. part of that's probably just the pandemic, admittedly, but Oh yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. Weird. Uh but pe- people wanted her back. She's back. Um <laughs> I-, I guess that's the other thing, is that because she's so serious cop lady. And like, they want us to think that she might be a killer. Mm. Other than that one scene with Mindy, there's not a lot of her t- like feeling like her old self because she was she was the character in the in Scream Four who was like she knows the rules, she knows horror movies, yeah. she she brings them up. There's not a lot of that from her in this movie. And maybe if they do bring her back again in a seventh, maybe they'll let her be herself a little bit more because they're not trying to convince us. Oh, maybe she's the killer this time. Yeah, I, I... <coughs> um. You know, Scream gets touted for being like, you know, like the meta franchise. But mm. honestly, like, I always feel kind of like let down, like, you know, for like a lot of the meta aspects. And like, I, I, I don't know, I like I, I would appreciate more, um, you know, like references and talking about it. I mean, maybe it'd be too much, like, you know, uh, if they overloaded it or whatever. But like you're talking about that little scene where they're bonding and talking about like horror movies and stuff. They like, like, give me more of that. Like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be the entire movie but i just feel like uh you know for a movie that uh you know like a franchise that feels like it's kind of built on that stuff like i feel like you really don't get that much in it yeah yeah, thinking back about it i think it's funny that mindy never makes a jason takes manhattan joke no yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's a bit weird it feels like it's obvious they're just sitting there waiting to happen and it never does there's that i mean yeah there's uh yeah obviously jason takes manhattan but you know she could have maybe uh I mean, I, I feel like that would have been like you know the obvious one, but you know she is, uh, you know so, so learned. I, I'm I'm sure she could like slip in like you know a New York Ripper. Oh or, yeah, very uh, good, very good. You know, or or even like a, I don't know. I guess Ghostbusters would be kind of obvious, but <coughs> you know, uh, plenty of other you know New York horror movies though she could quote. Yeah, I suppose she could have said Midnight Meat Train when they got on the subway. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Is this some sort of train at midnight <laughs> that is very meaty very meaty <laughs> yeah so anyway so so we, we went back and talked about the the museum but we can talk about that a bit more at the end because they go back there for the climax uh sure. so yeah they're trying to lure the killer uh with someone you know getting the phone call in the park but they realize oh shit the, the call's coming from gail's place and they kind of like told her to get lost after she showed them mm-hmm. this stuff 
So we cut to Gail's apartment, which is like a... Not quite a penthouse, but it's, you know, it's, it's an expensive apartment in New York. It's, you know, it's, I, She's I, doing well. I had, I had a joke in my head, actually. I was like, oh, that's finally uh, an apartment in New York that is believable that a Courtney Cox's character can afford. <laughs> because, oh. <laughs> you know, in Friends, you know, they, they had this big apartment. And I know it was kind of left yeah. to her by an aunt or whatever, but the idea that she could afford that place as a struggling chef was ludicrous. <laughs> uh, whereas here she's meant to be this, you know, reporter on tv she's written books mm. she's famous yeah she can afford this place um so forgetting how the killer can even get to her apartment uh, I, I guess we just have to assume the killer killed a bunch of like mm. security or something in the way in the yeah. building um <laughs> you gotta imagine she has like primo you know security set up yeah. and everything like i mean she survived uh, five stream movies before this i, I feel like she yeah. probably <laughs> does take her security very seriously but she gets uh, the call from the killer uh who does kill her boyfriend and the killer points out that the killer she doesn't seem to care that much about she doesn't does she's like well he was just like a, <laughs> he was like a boy toy after dewey died <laughs> dewey's who she cares about there's a moment actually when she's talking to someone and they play a little bit of the uh the broken arrow music that dewey had in screen uh. two um but the killer points out that the killer's never spoken to Gail on the phone before. Like, it's taken this long for it to happen. And yeah. part of me was thinking, okay, that's a fun little tidbit. Um, although I did see uh, online, the killer did call Gail in Stream 2, but she never answered. It was Randy who answered. Oh, so just a little bit of the, the Stream trivia there for you is that she, it, the killer did call her, but she never answered the phone. Okay. So, you know. Now, I... I, I think this was like a fun scene, mm -hmm. but it did probably feel the most like forced to me. I think that's uh, fair. And I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think now, like with knowing who like the killer reveal and, and everything is. Why did they like, care? Why? why did they go after yeah. Gail? Yeah. <laughs> I, it doesn't really make that much sense. Other than just the shock value of it. I think yeah. I, my, my... Like, uh, we got one mask left over. We can't really, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we have to kill someone else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, maybe it's because she wrote the book about Richie. Uh, yeah okay yeah i guess that'd be maybe, maybe that's the the, yeah. the motive for it uh, so the thing is here of course is that she has like a panic room and she, she mm. sort of locks him out and she tries to shoot him she shoots him through the door she tries to anyway and she you know, she's very capable she's obviously thought about this mm. a lot because she's been attacked so many times um she goes on the offensive which is neat and she has this kind of defying moment at the end when she seems to be getting killed where she's like, <coughs> you didn't win, asshole. You know, I, I can't remember the exact line is this, but it's yeah. like, she says like, oh, you didn't, says, you didn't kill tell, me. Or something she like. says, tell Sydney that he didn't get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought that was kind of a nice little moment. Like, I'm really conflicted over this scene though for like a couple of different reasons all coming from different directions. Mm -hmm. One is that you just killed Dewey in the last movie. So it feels like a little mm -hmm. almost too predictable to kill off another legacy character in this one. But right. additionally, though, the fact that she does seem to be killed and then at the end they just have a line that says, oh, by the way, Gail's in the hospital and she's fine. I was like, yeah. really? We're checking it out of that? <laughs> uh, yeah, which, I mean, we're going to get into it, but... It's not the only one it, who survived somehow, but yeah. Yeah, it, it's, and it's not like... I mean, it, it's pretty much every character like, <laughs> from, from this point on, onward, like... You know, it, like, pretty much everyone here from to the end of the movie, like, should be dead and ends up not peeing, which yes. is, l like you were saying before, the problem with it feels like it, it kind of pulls its punches and doesn't want to kill anyone that's too likable. It's too, it's too which... scared to kill anyone. Like, and the big one's Chad, because Chad, yeah. like, 
Yeah. He's the one who seems definitively he's definitely dead because... And you know, I like the moment when this happens because despite the fact that there's been two killers in every movie but three, and then there's three in this one, it took until this movie to actually have both ghost faces on screen at the same time. And it felt like yeah. a big deal. It felt like a big deal that two of them were there and killing them together. That was actually kind of weird that we've never seen that before. But it felt like, no, he gets stabbed mm. multiple times by both ghost faces. And it's right after he's kissed Tara for the first time. So mm. they've had, and you, so you know something bad's about to happen because they're having their happy moment. And sure enough, like, it looks like he's dead. And then at the mm. end of the movie. And it's quite brutal. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the movie, they look over and it's kind of like the end of the last movie. It's kind of like the first movie with Dewey and even the second movie mm. with Dewey. And maybe that's what they're going for. They're, they're going for Chad as the Dewey of this like legacy yeah. series, where he's the one who seems to always look like he's going to be dead and then pops up again at the end. But when they said, hey, mm. look at that, and the camera goes over and there's a stretcher and they're, they're pulling out him mm. and he's like on life support, I was like, are you serious to tell me he's not dead again? And it's not that I just... Yeah. I actually <laughs> like the character a lot. If, if, if I'm going to yeah. kill a character, it's Sam. Like, the other three are all more likable to me. <laughs> but... The, I just I felt like really you chickened out of killing anyone that was, that was likable because everyone who died was mm. you know I, well, either yeah, I mean, a, if you... a minor character or an asshole like, that's basically it yeah like if you want to like you know if you want to get into it because you know I mean we're pretty much there but like yeah Gail you know ends up surviving um you know uh I guess we're pretty much close to the subway scene yeah but yeah the subway scene you're pretty much you know it seems like Mindy isn't gonna make it um, which doesn't make a whole up... which doesn't make a whole lot of sense given that the person she's left with to help her turns out to be one of the killers I'm like yeah what? <laughs> why is she not dead I mean the subway scene's fun because they're they're trying to stick together they all get in the subway but there's too much of a crowd so they get separated and Mindy's left with Ethan who turns out to be one of the killers and mm. it's cuts between the two trains that they're on and then she's on and the killers, you know, there's people wearing ghost face masks on the train because it's still Halloween time. And eventually... A lot of nice Easter eggs too with like, you know, tons of like horror Yeah, there's, icons a, there's a Jason, there's a Michael, there's, you know, a bunch of different horror characters, which is cool. Mm. And eventually Mindy gets stabbed. And I was like, you know what? I don't believe you're going to kill her. So I wasn't surprised she didn't die. Mm. But they really need to like stick to one of the deaths and they stuck to none of them. <laughs> they all survived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, and, and then, yeah. So it's like, yeah, her, Chad, Gail, and Kirby. And like, because Kirby, I thought, would be, be dead as well. And funnily enough, this one doesn't really count. But it is kind of funny that this is the first one that's actually faked to death because Quinn. The roommate, the sex, oh, yeah. the slutty roommate dies in the apartment mm. part, which they didn't even mention, I don't think. But then, of mm. course, it turns out that she's the third killer, and it's like, oh no, she faked her death, and her, because her dad's also one of the killers, like he covered yeah. it all up and <laughs> and whatever. Um. So. But yeah, it's uh, it you know, and it, it's kind of tough because on the one hand, it does feel a little toothless to, you know, not have at least one of these you know characters die uh you know it kind of feels like everyone has plot armor or because um, see when they have that scene early on where chad's saying hey we're the core four and everyone makes fun of him but then they start yeah. using it as soon as he said we're the core four i'm like okay one of you has to die if one of you doesn't yeah. die then it's it's kind of lame because like you're establishing this as the core group you have to shock us by killing one of them so when it got yeah. to the end and it's like ah oh, nah he, he's he's alive everyone's alive the core four <laughs> like don't worry there's parts of it i still really like i love that mindy is pissed mm. that she didn't guess the killer correctly in the last movie <laughs> and she's determined to do it this time and i love that she shows up at the ending even though she was like in a separate like 
she, 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 she's in this thing in the train and then because she gets injured and goes to the hospital she's kind of missing from the the big climax yeah which i did think was a bit of a shame i'm like why why do we have to not have her <laughs> for the entire last yeah. like 25 <laughs> minutes but i did think it was funny that she comes running in in the aftermath like saying i figured it out i figured it out it's definitely ethan isn't it and it's like yeah and it's also him yeah and the third killer was third killer no <laughs> i didn't get the third one like that was funny her being mad at herself for not guessing the killer because she's supposed to be able to know this shit is quite funny. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's fair. And so it, it, it's tough because yeah, I do like all the characters, but <clears throat> so technically I don't want to see anyone die. But then yeah, it just feels like the stakes aren't there. If yeah, you know, especially if these they're getting like brutally stabbed. <laughs> like you know, like if you're gonna make them live, at least like. You know, don't make it seem like they should die. Yeah, and and Mindy's like one stab wound because he's trying to do it slyly on the train. Whereas, but Chad gets stabbed mm-hmm. multiple times and multiple yeah, places. Yeah, like, his is so brutal. Like, yeah, they're just like yeah, two ghost face holding him, just like constantly like, stab, 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 stab. Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah, it is a bit toothless, and it's not even just stream that this is a problem with that. You know, I said the same thing about Megan. I felt like oh, sure. eh, the characters mm-hmm. who were kind of likable, and they weren't even that big as far as characters goes but all the slightly likable ones all survived even though it felt like they should probably mm. have died uh mm. so it feels like just a current problem with horror movies that are too scared to kill off likable characters and i guess it's the problem mm. where we want a hundred sequels if it's successful and we need to have characters mm. to bring back so we're too scared to kill anyone off yeah no yeah i, I totally get it but yeah. yeah it's a it's a problem so yeah we have the subway sequel which was a lot of fun um and mm. Sam tells uh, her boyfriend Danny to be like, hey, look, we have to just not trust you. And he's like, you know what? I get it. I'm the new guy. I'm the love interest. I'm going to hold back. And, you know, and so he runs in at the end. So they're basically playing on the boyfriend from Stream 2. Because, you know, everyone thought Sydney's boyfriend in Stream 2 was a killer. And he ends up getting killed. Uh, here it's a little bit different where they kind of combined the cameraman and the boyfriend from Stream 2. And he just like, ex- accepts that he should stay away because they can't trust him. And then shows up at the end. Yeah, he was fine the whole time. He, he was he was a good guy. Yeah. Plot twist. So very good. Um, yeah. So yeah, the big climax is they're going to do this trap. Kirby has this plan to trap you know because the the stab museum only has one entrance and exit. So they're going to like make a kill box and just lure the killer in. The detective guy is super about it as well. Uh, but also, you're like, this is also a flawed plan, though, because if any of the people involved in the plan can't be trusted, then you're also putting yourselves yeah. in the kill box with the killer. Which, would you believe it, is exactly what happens. And uh, so we get a lot of them hanging around here, and like, it tries to trick us and think that Kirby's a killer, then she gets stabbed, um, mm. Chad gets stabbed brutally, as we mentioned. And when we get the big unmasking, it's the detective, Quinn, who didn't actually die, and Ethan... Ethan and Quinn are brother and sister. They are mm-hmm. the brother and sister of Richie, and the cop dad mm-hmm. is the dad of Richie. This is this is Richie's whole family, mm-hmm. and they're playing like Richie's homemade stab movies that he did as like a teenager, like on the screen. Mm-hmm. And their entire motivation is that you know they did this to to their their son slash brother, and that's like why they're doing this to Sam and Tara, mm-hmm. and we get our big climax i will the only thing i'll say is obviously there's a lot of uh monologuing here uh mm-hmm. and whatnot uh sam and tara fight back they end up in the balcony there's like you know there's a, there's a very literal moment where 
like Sam's holding out to Tara and Tara's like you have to let me go so we can both fight <laughs> and she lets her go and that's the, the theme of the movie she has to let her sister go and fight for herself and they both like beat up the bad guys I will say there's a moment where it's down to the last killer and Sam ends up with a knife and it does do a little bit of her seeing Billy and reflections and stuff where he's like yeah go on kill again kill you know it felt good <laughs> um so she ends up stabbing uh I think it's the detective because he's last mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. she stabs him so many times that I started laughing because she sort of got up and down his arms as well and it's like there's a, there's a moment where like bef- just before she does that I think where Tara is kind of like standing there and she kind of gives her the okay because up until this point she's kind of like no we, we you know we're good guys we don't do that mm-hmm. but Tara just shrugs and goes you know what F it kill him and <laughs> gives her sister the go ahead to, to, to brutally kill the, the killer and all I could think was, you know what? Obviously, at the end of these movies, all the good guys end up killing the, the killer in, like, usually pretty violent ways out, yeah. out of self-defense. This is the first time where I do genuinely think the main characters come out looking a bit unhinged for just how brutal they go <laughs> with the, the, all these stab wounds. And mm. so, obviously, the tease at the very end is that, you know, Sam looks down at the ghost face mask and it's like, oh, is, is she starting mm-hmm. to turn? Is she thinking about being the killer and then someone says hey come here and she drops it and goes with them but there's no way they're leaving this untouched yeah. next time well, this is clearly going to be a big plot point next time is that she might be I, going crazy or whatever I, I wish they would have had her like you know hold on to the mask like mm. I like I would never really think that she would become like a full on bad guy um, but I, I think it would still be like an interesting dynamic to at least show that there's like a temptation or I, I hope she like does. an interest, like... Yeah, I yeah. hope she does, just because I think it's the most interesting thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily because it makes sense, the most sense for the character, but, you know, one of my favourite things that they almost did was Scream 4. Like, I loved that it mm-hmm. felt like the killer was about to get away with it, and I thought that was super exciting. Oh, just, yeah, yeah. just like mm-hmm. the start of this movie, it was exciting to just have the killer on mask. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, this movie does definitely do more ballsy things in some respects than some of the other movies. Mm-hmm. But I, I do, I like, I would love for it to be like, no, the main character from the last two is the killer now. Like, actually commit to it and just do it, because I think that would actually be interesting in a breath of fresh air yeah. again. Much like the setting of this one's a breath of fresh air, I think next time if they actually go through with it, although because it's so choreographed from this one, it's probably not going to be the case. It's, they're going to make us think she is, but oh no, mm. like someone's framing her or something, you know? Yeah. The, uh... Yeah, I, I I guess we'll see, but yeah, I, I guess there's still at least enough there, like with kind of like the looming specter of, of Billy and everything. Uh, um, but the Sam Loomising specter, yeah, or Billy Loomising, uh, I should say, because it's sweet, not Halloween. <laughs> but no. Um, one one thing, um, a little uh, pride nitpicking you have with the story there is it does seem a little unbelievable that like, um no one has ever seen like richie's family before like you know mm. like did she not like she never knew or, or like seen any pictures or anything when they were going out or like gail when she wrote the book about it like she didn't do any research to maybe see like you know maybe to interview this guy's family or, or something yeah you know, like it seems like, a little implausible <laughs> i i can buy at a certain point that sam just never get introduced to the family and sure. like maybe didn't meet them but yeah given the fact that this killings in woodsboro was like heavily like this is the sort of people that would be on the news talking about their 
their loved one yeah and the fact that he's a killer and like you're right like gail absolutely doing research about who the killer was should have like found his family so that is a little bit far-fetched and you just kind of have to go with it obviously they really want to make the comparison to stream 2 because in stream 2 billy's mother was the killer or one of the killers and they wanted to do that again here you know um and then uh yeah and then uh, i geez it's been uh yeah it hasn't been as long as for me to see it but i can't even really remember how the the other two kids died didn't one of them like uh they smashed their head with the tv right yeah like, um is it is it Kirby that throws the tv no that that sounds maybe it was i can't yeah. remember yeah uh, it's been a week and a half since i watched this so yeah some of the details of the fight are a little bit fuzzy yeah, I want to say, like, uh, I want to say it's Quinn, but I, I, mean, I guess it could have been Quinn or Ethan, but I think one of them is, like, screaming and running towards them at the end, and, the, like, one of them, yeah, takes, like, the, the TV and, like, smashes yeah, it, it, it. Yeah, it's the kind of the, the joke thing where you think they're all dead, but one of them has to get back up moment, and it's, like, yeah. one of the younger ones comes running at them, and, yeah, the TV gets thrown at their heads. And, yeah, it's Kirby because she says, oh, I saw that in a movie once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, the, the final, like... The violence in the final set piece is, is, is fun enough, but it's definitely my least favorite of the movie. Like, I thought the apartment scene was more Agreed, fun. Yeah. The train mm-hmm. scene was more fun. The the store scene was more fun. The opening was more fun. But, I mean, the fact that I have four big set pieces that are really enjoyable throughout and some likable characters means that it's a pretty easy to watch horror sequel. You know, I was totally. mostly having fun. Yeah. Um, I still think the whodunit I mean, aspect of Stream is the thing that I could leave behind if they ever wanted to just, like make Ghostface more like a, a Jason where he's just like <laughs> you know supernatural Ghostface is coming after them I mean I, I wouldn't be against it because I mean at this point it's like there's only so much you can do that yeah if you just want to you know turn him into you know ghost uh, uh, ghost of Ghostface or whatever I mean, there's a few things that we've mentioned that they can do to make it feel fresh they can have an X-Men character be the killer they can actually actually do that for once they can Did you say X-Men no, X main character. Uh, now you said X Men. I'm like, what the hell are you <laughs> no, talking <X> about? Main <laughs> bring Nightcrawler in here. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know they can. You know, I, I said that the other you know, thing where it's like a bunch of different people all just doing one kill each. Like maybe they could do some of that. Yeah. But it would almost help the meta thing if they do like you know number seven or eight. It's like we're going slightly supernatural because most mm. franchises like it's Friday the Thirteenth didn't start with a supernatural Jason killer. It was yep. meant to be more grounded, and then just because they had to keep coming up with ways of having the killer come back, it became supernatural. Same with a lot of slasher franchises. So it would actually be quite interesting if it's like, no, straight up, like they resurrected Billy's the killer now. Like he's just <laughs> he's just back and he's supernatural. It would be very ballsy, and I can see why they'd mm-hmm. chicken out of doing it because they think a lot of the audience would protest. But as a oh, horror sure. movie fan, I actually think it'd be hilarious to do that. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, man, it's like the internet ruined everything because, like, you know, <laughs> before, like, I feel like, you know, in, like, the 80s or whatever, like, they could get away with doing, like, crazy crap because, like, you know, they wouldn't have, like, uh, you know, 10,000 people tweeting at them <laughs> saying, you ruined my childhood or whatever, like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I- I'm um, sure there was some bro in 1986 who's like, oh, you made Jason supernatural. You ruined my. Uh, oh, sure. My childhood. <laughs> Mrs. Lu- Mrs. Uh, Verhees means a lot to me. Stupid internet or stupid movie writers. Um, I you know it would be like a really interesting pitch is to, yeah, just have a, a you know do a new one with just like a ton of suspects and then at the end it's just revealed to be like someone like no one knows. It's like that would be funny. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like it's me, Gary. Like, uh, okay. 
What's that? That's funny. <laughs> or doing? they take off the mask and it's like a character from a different movie. It's like it reveals that it's connected <laughs> to a different movie universe. Sweet dreams, bitch. Like Freddy. <laughs> well, I wasn't thinking Freddy. I was thinking, uh, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, someone from a different, like, what if it was, uh, the main chick from your next like she unmasked it's like yeah it's after the house was attacked and i had to kill a bunch of people who got a taste for it so i thought i'll become ghostface that would pop people like us but the the mainstream audience would be like well who's this character what's she from i i think it's um it's funny because i'm kind of like people are probably going to think that we're making like contradictory statements here a little bit and i want to just explain where i'm coming from here is that i'm i'm all for them leaning into silly if they just embrace it. I think part of the, the convoluted nature oh, yeah. of Scream, and to an extent, uh, like, stuff like Saw, but is that mm. it feels like they want to, like, they, they want to over-explain everything to prove that they're smart and everything works, mm. but it clearly still doesn't, so it, it comes off silly in a way that feels disingenuous. Like, they want to say, hey, we thought about all this, and all this stuff works and makes sense, um, but it actually comes off feeling more silly sometimes as a result. Whereas if you just go actual silly with it and do Ghostface in space, I'm like, well, I can't, <laughs> I can't critique that because we're just doing a silly fun premise. Let's just go for it. F yeah. it. Yeah, let's do Space Station Ghostface. Yeah, I mean, that's a problem with like, a lot of stuff nowadays is like everyone wants these like long convoluted explanations and there can't be like anything that's like, you know, left open. And like, that's one of the worst things about, you know, when they do these legacy sequels, like whenever there's like... Mm you know, like a, a movie from the nineties and that there's some internet meme about like, Oh, uh, well, well, how comes this character never did this? And then they do like a legacy sequel. And that's like one of the first things they have to address. Uh, you have like, to explain it's always it, yeah. so annoying. Yeah. You don't need that stuff. And then, yeah, when you think about movies, like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, uh, like Jason lives or whatever, where it's just like, Oh yeah. How the hell did he come back? Oh, um, <laughs> they stuck him with like a, a fence post and lightning struck it and that's it. Like, yeah, that, that's all the explanation you need. Okay, cool. Yeah. Honestly, even something more believable that they could do. And I would love is if they get to the scene in stream seven and the killer explains their motives and it's this convoluted thing and they're taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. For the killer to just start laughing and go, no, I'm just a stranger who feel like killing people. I don't have a single yeah. <laughs> move. Like, almost to go meta in the sense of making fun of the franchise's own, like, tropes yeah. and its own kind of, like, negative qualities, I actually think would be quite refreshing as well. There's a lot of things yeah. they could do. They, they still seem kind of, like, married to taking it relatively seriously. I say, re- I mean, there's yeah. definitely a fun vibe to this. Don't get me wrong. And I think I like it a bit more than five mm. because it does feel a bit more fun um but as far as like just keep going and keeping it feeling fresh i think like any number of things that we've suggested in the last like 15 minutes would (laughs) would be a fun way of doing it now did you hear the little uh uh, like it's kind of a quick thing but i think someone brings up uh like Stu mocker and then like you know one thing like like oh like Stu mocker died or whatever one of the characters like oh if you believe he died or like oh. something like that. <laughs> Matthew Lowe's coming uh, back, you think? Yeah, so because I, I know that's like something I've I've seen like, you know, fans online, you know, want to see him come back, which is like kind of weird because it's like, well, I'm pretty sure he's dead. But uh, <sighs> I felt like that was like a little nod to, you know, what, what people saying that. But then also like, you know, the last movie seemed like a little nod to, to mention Kirby and then they brought Kirby back in this uh, one. So uh, who knows? You know, I think 
there is kind of a problem here where franchises just can't let someone stay dead. So you got, like, I just mentioned <laughs> earlier that we were started doing the Fast and the Furious movies and Collector's Cut, and that franchise I... is notorious <laughs> for just bringing people back from the dead. So I, I made the same comparison uh, to my friend when I saw this. I was like, is this the Fast and the Furious of like horror movies? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like every movie is like bigger than the last one. And they're always bringing back like some random character from like three movies ago that you didn't even like remember or care about. Yeah, it's not even and just it's all about family now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just that they're checking out of deaths in the movie. They're, they're, they're somehow retconning yeah. deaths from like four movies yeah. ago <laughs> to justify someone coming back. And it's just, it's a problem that a lot of like long running TV shows and movies have had in the past where they want to bring back a fan favorite character. But we're getting to the point now where one franchise is doing it multiple times, like back to back. And it's like, yeah. death means nothing in this world anymore. And it's a slasher yeah. movie that should mean something. <laughs> Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, on the one hand, I think it'd be funny uh, to see it, but on the other hand, I kind of, the back of my brain's going, yeah, but like, can we not just let some people stay dead? Like, there's a cynical part of me who would, I think, be a little annoyed at that. I agree, yeah. So, it, it just kind of depends what they do. I, I, I'm okay with the, you know, uh, you know, Billy being seen in her head. Although, even though it wouldn't make much sense, I kind of wish to just let him be his real age, because I think the, the biggest problem I have with it is mm. the, the de-aging like dodgy cg to make him look young like the first movie because he just doesn't look like him anymore he looks weird mm. i don't know it doesn't bother me that much I, I feel like maybe it's hidden enough like because it's you know it's usually like in like kind of like reflective surfaces or, or something where it's like you know it's never like just like he's right standing right mm. next to her talking you know like um, and this... that looks like there's enough separation for me but yeah and this one it does and the last one it may still have been technically reflections i think but I think it was like more. It didn't look as good. But it was like it was just like a straight up mirror, so it was like clear as day. Oh yeah. yeah Whereas oh, yeah, here yeah. it's on like a you know just a bit of glass, so it's kind of faint, and you can you know they try to obscure it a bit more here. Maybe mm. maybe they saw the complaints from the last one that he looked a bit too shit, <laughs> so they they try to hide it a little bit. I don't know. Um, I mean, in general, like de aging never really. It always like looks kind of weird, even if it looks good. It looks like weird so there's a disconnect yeah <laughs> even when it's technically a good version of it it still has a little bit of a uncanny valley quality yeah. to it yeah um so yeah uh that, i mean that's the movie basically i i i, I you know it's a fun time like I, I don't think it's an amazing movie i i think it's a solid slasher sequel mm. with fun set pieces and as if i'm comparing it to the other movies like i like it more than five I obviously definitely like it more than three because three shit. Um, yeah. I might like it more than two, honestly, if I'm going head to head. I mean, controversial uh, might maybe controversial because I know like people seem to love two, but I'm not the biggest fan of two. Like, I think two. It's fine, but... Even though this movie's probably about the same length, I think two feels more bloated to me for some reason. Mm. Um, I think scream 4 is an interesting one because i really like the last like chunk of scream 4 but i think a lot of it suffers from feeling less of a horror movie it feels like they're not even trying to have suspense sure. for most of it so i think scream yeah. 4 is kind of a mixed bag even though i really like a couple of the characters and like i love uh uh what's her face from scream queens who's you know uh emma emma, emma roberts emma i think she's great yeah, obviously yeah. kirby's a fun character like there's some great characters in scream yeah. 4 but I don't think it necessarily holds it. So I stream the original stream is the best. There is an argument Absolutely, to me yeah. that this might even be the second best, just because it's just it it, it kind of like 
it's still taking itself somewhat seriously, but it, it feels like this one's more just about having some fun with the different set pieces. And I think at this point for me, because I, I don't care about the whodunit as much and the convoluted mm-hmm. reasons for things just kind of annoy me, this one offered me more and didn't let that stuff get in the way of just having the fun as much. So mm-hmm. while there's definitely complaints to be had and there's nitpicks to be had about them chickening out of killing characters and and so on, so it still feels like a franchise movie in that sense, I definitely had more fun with the actual just the scene to scene of the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh no, totally. And, uh, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it's not a surprise that I really like this one. Cause I, I really like the last one. Um, and to me, it's just a, you know, taking the last one and, you know, like the last one, like, you know, you set up a lot of characters and this one, it's like, all right, well now that we know the characters, we can just have a lot of fun with them. And, um, you know, they do it by, you know, like introducing like a lot of, you know, a new location with lots of new, like fun set pieces. And so to me, it's just kind of like taking a lot of the stuff that I liked about the last one, but just like amping everything up, you know, I do wonder, uh, actually the first thing, uh, would you see like this more than five? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, okay cool. I, I still like five quite a bit, but I, I definitely like it more though. I, I do wonder if I go back and watch five again, which I probably do at some point. Uh, I, I did rewatch it before I, yeah, I went and saw this one. Oh, sure. But, it still held up for me. Yeah, but I mean, like, after I've seen six, if I'd like, like it a little <laughs> bit more, because maybe I've just grown more attached to some of the characters a bit. Maybe, Possibly, yeah. you know, maybe I just like it more as part of a set rather than just... Because, you know, when it was on its own, it was like... It, my biggest problem with it's probably still going to be the, the legacy... Legacy stuff. ...characters that yeah. are kind of forced into it. Like, I, I don't know if I need, need some of that. Um, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they definitely toned down the Sam stuff in this one, which was good. She's st- obviously she's still the one that's kind of been focused on to an extent. But I think mm. one of the things that this movie did is that they realized mm. that Jenna Ortega is becoming a bit of a star, yes. and yeah. they gave her more to because in the first, you know, one of the first movies, but in Stream Five, she's kind of the character at the start. And the, you know, the, the the shaking things up was that she didn't die; she survived the opening yeah. scene. And while I was critiquing that movie for like not killing everyone that should have been killed. Um, I do think like having the opening person survive that it was an interesting mm. twist on the formula. So props to mm. that. But because she was in a hospital bed, because she was kind of separate from everyone else, it felt like she was definitely secondary to Sam. I feel like in this one, she mm. felt a bit more leveled up. And I think it's because obviously since Stream 5 came out, they, they've mm. seen her. Obviously she was great in the last one, but they've, they've seen her in X, they've seen her... I mean, Wednesday mm. was probably, you know, this movie was probably a long shot by the time Wednesday came out, but... I think if yeah. someone probably noticed, hey, out of the two sisters, this is the one who's actually becoming a star. This is the one who's actually getting other work <laughs> and becoming more of a name. And especially in the horror world, like she's becoming a you know a modern stream queen. Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense that they're, they're, they did more with her this time. Like, I think because the last one, you didn't know who the core four, you know, quote unquote, were. Yeah. It, you know, like some of them felt more important than others. I think in this one, they did make it feel like those four were all prominent in you know oh, not maybe completely equal but much closer to being equal and so as far as importance goes yeah yeah uh yeah it's uh and i i think they they gave you know both of them like pretty good arcs uh you know i i feel like they actually felt like you know they had like some growth and in, in stuff uh in this movie uh so i'm definitely interested to see you know where it goes um i <sighs> Now, I, I am glad that they didn't have, you know, Sydney in, the, in this one, because I feel like you really don't need her. But I am curious what their plans for her were, because I do think they said early on that they, they significantly wanted, had yeah. to change the script. Like, yeah, so, I, don't I don't know. know. Curious what that would have been. 
Yeah, I kind of just hope she stays away. Like, I, I know the reason why she's not here is because they weren't offering her enough money, but honestly, yeah. like, I, I think the movie would be better off just not bringing her back. Like, just, yeah, let her have her happy her ending. Her story's done. Like, the... I mean, I I know, you know, she was in four and everything, but honestly, like, uh, you know, three is a really bad movie, except for, you know, I think the ending. She has a very good ending. Like, Oh, yeah, she's willing to let the door be unlocked at the end because she's not scared anymore. Yeah, it's kind of the perfect ending for her in, yeah, in a lot of ways. Like, even though I do like, you know, four, um, yeah, they, they didn't need to bring her back. Like, you know, they, if they would have just left her there, that would have been nice. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm curious to see what they do with seven, especially if they, you know, since this kind of mirrored two in a lot of ways, did they try and mirror three with seven? <laughs> I don't know what they do with that, but yeah, good luck. Interesting. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, I think 3 is easily the worst one of the entire <laughs> franchise. And, oh, 100% you know, agree. Uh, the, uh, like the, the thing is, you know, going to New York felt like so fresh and gave them an opportunity to, you know, have so many interesting uh, places and, and things they could do that, you know, it kind of makes me wonder, like, okay, so is this going to be a formula now? Like, are we going to change up, like, locations uh, for the next movie, too? Um, but then if that's the case, then it's like, where do you go? Or if it's like, well, maybe, you, or do you stay in New York? I don't know. Actually, I just thought of a solution. Yeah, I was joking earlier that it'd be hard to say why all four of the core four are together for something. Um, mm. What would be believable to get them all in a different location again uh, would be that it's not like a permanent thing. They're just all on a trip together somewhere. So maybe they... Like a vacation. Yeah, or... they all go to like a ski yeah. lodge and that's where Stream 7 set. You know, something like that. Ooh, a Christmas. Yeah, uh, yeah. Movie. That'd be good. Christmas <laughs> scream. Um... I, I think that would be, like, a way you, you could do it. Like, it's not, like... Yeah. Obviously, them sticking together is fine, especially since we've got a pair of sisters, and now, you know, Tara and Chad are probably a couple now, so... Uh, and then, yeah. obviously, his sister's Mindy. So, but mm. the idea that they all move together to a permanent new place, or they all move back to Woodsboro, is starting to, like, okay, it's kind of weird that you're all sticking together. Like, <laughs> you know, siblings can move apart. <laughs> like, you know, that's a very yeah. normal thing. Uh, so, yeah, maybe, maybe that's how you do it, is you have them all doing something together, like a trip or, yeah, mm. you know. I, I, Ski Lodge is the first thing I thought of for whatever reason, but you could pick anywhere. They go to Paris together. Yeah, yeah. Christmas break or spring break, you know, yeah. <laughs> either one. Yeah, uh, call, yeah, call it stream break. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I like that. Yeah, have them have them at the Eiffel Tower. We can get they get Ghostface <laughs> chasing them around Paris. There you go. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe Ghostface will even speak French to them on the phone. Ooh la la! <laughs> what is your favorite scary movie? <laughs> <laughs> And yes, that's just an accent. I can't speak French. I can't do a ghost face impression in French because I can't speak French. <laughs> hey, well, who can? Nowadays. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I suppose we should rate the movie then, Tim, and uh, wrap up. No? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I, I really like this. <clears throat> um, sounds like I'm getting choked up. Um, I no, I mean I I had a total blast uh, again. Um, yeah, I really like the last one. And this one it just is kind of reaffirming everything I liked, and then just um, you know doubling down on it and giving it more, uh, including you know some more interesting uh, set pieces and deaths uh, that I just you know had a really fun time at the movies. And uh, again, there's lots of little story you know points and beats that are very easy to say. 
you know, like we're talking about the very easy to nitpick and stuff. And like, you know, we, we talked about it quite a bit, but um, it, it's one of those instances where the movie is so fun that <clears throat> that stuff really didn't bother me while I was watching it. So, yeah, it, you know, the little minor stuff like that didn't really didn't affect my enjoyment of it. Um, geez, I, I, I think I gave the last one like an 8.5 if i remember it may have been a bit high in the high side there tim yeah i i still really like it but i would probably bump that down to like an 8 or 7.5 uh but i'll 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 give this one an 8.5 because uh again yeah um i like i said i had a blast and uh you know i I liked it more than the last one so um yeah i'll I'll give it i'll I'll go as high as an 8.5 um yeah I, I, i mean i'm Again, like I, I said, you know, early on, like you know, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't really have considered myself like a huge screamhead, but uh, I don't know. These movies have been really working for me, and I'm, uh, you know, it's interesting to see a franchise uh, that, you know, it's not like I didn't not care about it, but it's just something that wasn't hugely on my radar. But it is something now that I'm just like, ooh, if I hear more about it, like, ooh, another scream movie, I'm getting excited now. Yeah. Um... I like I'm not gonna go as high as that. Like I, I think mm. what did I give the last one? Like a five, five point five, something. I think so. Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> I, I think for this, you know, I, I'm in just sort of fun horror sequel territory. I think I'm happy to give it a six point five, which you know I, I think is a solid fun time. Like, and I give it that rating in the same way that I've given some of the Friday the Thirteenth sequels ratings that are in that ballpark. Where I enjoy these movies, I I can see me watching this again and mostly having a good time with it um and if we are going to do like horror franchises going up to silly numbers as far as sequels goes like i do have a soft spot in my heart for that if if they can you know keep oh, being totally, fun yeah. you know because i love friday the 13th like name on elm street you know early like halloween um obviously quality varies wildly as you go up and down the numbers <laughs> but I, I think i am kind of on board to just let them do another one now and just be like okay sure give me scream seven let's see how it goes um yeah. <laughs> don't get too fancy with the title though I, I was so glad they just numbered this i mean they did the thing where it's part of the title but it's still scream six right yeah uh, that yeah. said though they should probably stick to roman numerals now that they've switched much like afraid of the 13th dead <laughs> yes yes <laughs> <laughs> so yes uh but there you go that's uh that's scream six uh so yes it was nice to be able to squeeze this in mm. whilst tim's uh now juggling two babies Literally, <laughs> how is the? How, it's for the audience. How is the? How is the the, the newborn? Uh, it, she's she's doing it uh well right now. I mean, she the they're when they're this young, they really don't do much. They just kind of eat and sleep. They're just a blob. They're just um, they're just there. They consume pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, is her is her big brother going all Sam Carpenter on her, being like, "I'll protect you, my my sibling." <laughs> He, uh, luckily he, he is very, uh, fond of her. So it is very cute to see him like, uh, yeah. Be like, Oh, like, you know, little sister, like, Oh, let me hold her and stuff. And then, you know, instead of being jealous or, or anything like that, like when you kind of scared, uh, that they, you know, might be resentful or something, but no, he's a, he's a very loving big brother. Um, nice. yeah, the only, it's the only thing that's been challenging is like, we've just constantly, like everyone is constantly been sick so that's been the biggest uh hurdle it's uh, as soon as like it's like you know it's one of those things where it's like you know uh, why will get sick and then that'll and then he'll get better but then they'll get me sick and then they'll you know get is, my wife uh, sick and then is why going to like daycare and like that just now yeah yeah that's so yeah. he's probably bringing a lot from other kids home then 
yeah that's pretty much it because it, it all started like and if you go back and watch the episodes you can probably see me start to get like more and more uh coffee and congested uh a couple of months ago because yeah he started going to school and once they go to school they just basically become germ factories and everything they bring home yeah. uh, I, I think once they just... reach about eight or nine their immune systems like developed enough that they start fighting off a bit more but yeah uh yeah you've, you've got a few rough years ahead <laughs> as far as illnesses yeah go. <laughs> yeah it's uh it's not fun especially after uh like the pandemic where like you know we we didn't really like go out that much for like two three years so we had like no contact with anyone so it was just like oh yeah we're, we'll never be sick again <laughs> and then, yeah uh but I mean, other than that, you know, everything's going uh, well. Um, nice. I, I my parents were visiting, so they were babysitting, so that gave me a chance to uh, sneak out to the movies. No, um, it's uh, it's nice. Uh, it pushes yeah. all of our pre-recorded episodes back a slot, so they <laughs> last a little bit longer, which is nice. And we don't want to promise anything, but there's a chance there'll be one more sneaky new <clears throat> release. Yeah, there's a big one coming out uh, just in about a month. That. Uh, yeah, did, I'll, I'll did probably you, find a way. Did you see the leaked Rotten Tomatoes score for it? Oh yeah, I mean I've seen yeah. the a lot of the reactions from the, uh, you know what you call it the, I, I guess preview or not preview like the premiere or whatever. Uh, yeah, it was that South uh, by Southwest. We're talking about Evil Dead Rise for anyone who's yeah. not not following the conversation. Uh, uh, but... Yeah, no, I mean it, you know it sounds great. Like uh, and it sounds like maybe like some people had like some story nitpicks, but the but that was like easily outweighed by the fun deaths and amount of like gore and blood which you know is kind of what i'm expecting i think so what I'm, I'm impressed by hyped. is that the general consensus i'm seeing is that it continues in spirit of what the last one was and i'm excited by that because mm -hmm. i love that last one so yeah uh yeah i'm looking forward to it so yeah hopefully we can we can eke out a review of that not too long after it comes out as well uh but otherwise you know tim's still on paternity leave we're still just you know putting out the episodes that we banked up before he mm. He went off. Uh, he'll be back later in the year properly. Mm. But uh, yeah, but no, it was nice to get a big release. I mean, it's also it's one less thing to catch up on when you come back later, I suppose as well. Yeah, which is also nice. So yeah, I mean, yeah, who knows if there's any if uh, I can't think of any other. I mean, besides uh, Evil Dead, I don't know if there's any other huge ones. But the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is there's a new Insidious in the summer. Okay. Uh. Admittedly, by that point, it may be getting close to when you're coming back anyway, but... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, there's maybe a new Exorcist in October, but you should definitely be back for for October, I would imagine, so... Oh, yeah, it's funny because the... Like, I, I was almost still doubting that one because, like, I feel like we hadn't heard anything about it, and then all of a sudden, one day, like, I saw, like, a headline that was like, all right, filming has wrapped on the new Exorcist. Yeah, I was no. like, wait, what? <laughs> like, uh, Joe, it's the opposite of the new Ghostbusters movie because Ghostbusters, like, Afterlife 2, whatever you want to call it, it's got a release date in December. But they just announced this past week that they've hired a director and they're going to start shooting for, like, two months. <laughs> I'm like, what? There's no way that's coming out at the end of this year. Jeez. So, yeah. But hey, uh, so yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this uh, Stream 6 discussion. Um, mm. You know, it, because it was hard to... Well, I guess... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, the, I mean, it's, I guess, yeah, technically not movie, but probably the next big horror thing will be uh, Resident Evil 4 in a few days. <gasps> oh, God, I'm so, I'm so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, by the time this goes out, I, I, like, I it probably will have already, yeah, because this will go out Patreon tomorrow and then it'll be public on Friday. Mm. So by the time you're watching this on, on YouTube or listening to the public okay. release, I'll be, I'll be playing it already. I pre-ordered a physical copy and then I'm pretty sure that they, like, ship it so that it arrives on release day but i'm starting to get nervous so i'm oh. like 
oh, do I have time to like switch it to like store pickup so I can <laughs> make sure that I I want I want to have it. But I uh, we'll see. Uh, did you play the demo, Tim? No, not yet. I I mean I, I, I don't need understand to, the point. But it's well, like my, to me, like the demos are so weird because it's like people are like ah, we got this demo, and like to me, it's like. All right, well, I'm getting the game in like a week. Like, why? Because you, like, you want why a taste. To play it? You want a taste. Like, cause I mean, I, I'm already buying it. I like, know. It's... But like now, now I, I'm going into the full game knowing how to parry stuff with my knife, which makes you feel like John Wick. Oh, nice. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you, you parry with the knife, it stumbles them. You can run up and kick them. Oh, it's it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. So yes. Uh, Yes, 10 minutes of off-topic stuff at the end, but it was at the end, so I think there that's you okay. Go. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, everyone. This has been Screams After Midnight. Uh, hopefully you've had a good time. Uh, we'll see you soon with the next episode. The next episode you're going to get after this, I believe, is the original Exorcist. So that's a biggie. Oh. So look forward to uh, to that. Mm. It was going to be in this slot, but then we did this, so I don't think you'll be mad that we bumped mm. everything back a, a couple of weeks. So... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so let us know what you thought of Scream 6 in the comments. Uh, you can, of course, support all the content by going over to patreon.com slash TV and supporting us uh, on a monthly basis. Um, obviously, our bonus content's on pause, but there's a back catalogue uh, to enjoy, and there's obviously bonuses from both Collector's Cut, which has two bonus shows, and same with Ace. Um, and when time's back full-time, you'll we'll have two bonuses back mm. again as well on a monthly basis. So... Mm. Uh, yeah, go, go and have a look, see if you're interested and support all the content. But that is the show, so thank you once again. We'll see you next time. Keep watching scary movies. What's your favorite scary movie? Sure. <laughs> have you watched the porn parody yet? It's called Cream Six.